All right. All right. So this is the first ever episode for the Dark Alley podcast. Um, I guess the closest being in a dark alley would be Caden because he's in his car and we can only assume he's in the sketchiest part of town. Yep. So, yeah. So uh, I guess we're just we're going to go over Eminem's brand new album, Music to be Murdered by, while mm-hmm. one of us gets murdered, hopefully. All right, so where were you guys when you heard news of the surprise release? I learned it from you, actually, because remember, you went in the chat. I think I was just at home, like, just on the sofa. Um, yeah, I just heard it from you. You just dropped in the chat, like, guys. I remember um, what was interesting is originally it was the picture of him with the, the weapons on his head. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, Paul Rosenberg, he tweeted about that after, and he said that they changed that because they uh, they felt it wasn't suitable for retail, like for retailers and stuff. Which is, which, oh, yeah. yeah. Which is why they had that image plastered yeah. all over cities, though. That's a good point, actually, yeah. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. I guess it's not iTunes suitable. <laughs> is this his most, so maybe this is his most controversial album cover. That would be funny to think about. That's that's hundred percent gonna be a headline at some point. Is it though? Because the relapse cover made me want to take a lot of pills. <laughs> Did it actually? No. So the Slim Shady LP one must have been controversial, though, right? Because it was like him with <laughs> some woman's feet sticking out the boot. Yeah. You know, Kim's feet sticking out the boot of his car. True. <laughs> they allowed that, but uh, not an not an axe. That's too far. <laughs> Plot twist. It was Mariah Carey's feet. <laughs> Before Mariah cool. Carey was even born. <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta think like it was Alfred Hitchcock themed. Like that image was probably acceptable, I don't know, in the forties, fifties, sixties. I mean, yeah, I guess it was. But now it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Times have changed. Times have changed. Should we get into the track list, or do we want to talk more about like the background or intro to it? Yeah, whatever you guys want to do. Premonition intro, dude. It's I just think... Hayden's favorite. We need to hear his thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Is it my favorite? I think at one time it was. I don't know if I have a clear favorite from the album anymore. I definitely think the second half of this features some of his best rapping on the album, by far. I, it was just very reminiscent of. Early two thousands Eminem, I think. I'd say the, the first vibe. half is is the best musically, and then the second half's better from a rapping perspective. You think that? Yeah, because I'd say like you know tracks like those kind of nights, Godzilla and stuff. They're not like insane rapping, but musically they're just very fun to listen to. You know, like you can just vibe out to them in the with them in the background. Whereas the second half, I'd say, is where like the rapping becomes more to the forefront. That's oh, I view it. I thought you were talking about premonition. I mean, like the whole album. <laughs> the whole album. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Okay, you I never say that. that interesting. You say that about Godzilla, though, not being the best rapping, considering that super speed part. <laughs> In terms of, like, I guess, um, I mean, like most of the song, though, he's just rapping about random stuff, like. Um, I, mean, I can't even really think of it because it's so, you know, it's not, you know, it's oh, lacking. My toilet bowl, oh. unavailable on my toilet bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, you know, it's fun to listen to, but, you, you know, I'm not listening to it, like, dissecting the lyrics of, 
you know, and stuff like that about why there's blood on the Louis V carpet and everything, you know. Um, <laughs> Whereas no, you know, songs like No Regrets and stuff, I think, have more depth in that regard. Even No Regrets. Wait, wait, are we? Some, are... Uh, what? Are we jumping around? Are we supposed to be? Are Just we... give me like an overview. Yeah, I, I kind of went off okay. on a tangent. <laughs> Premonition. It's good. Bro, yeah. <laughs> Just randomly talking <laughs> and Caden sitting there out. like, what the hell we're talking about? <laughs> Premonition, guys. Out, bro. Uh, Caden mentioned the, yeah, okay. Premonition, yeah, it's, it's good. Okay. <laughs> no, I said, I said <laughs> Premonition. I thought the second half of that song. Was oh, you said the song. Oh, wow. No, I wasn't talking song. about the album. We could talk about that after, I guess, but no, the individual song, like when he, I think it's when he starts with that rhyme scheme, what is it, something plaques count them, like I can see why you're mad now, I'm looking at them plaques count them, I think around that part, I remember like, from the very first time I heard it, I was like, whoa, this is, sounds good, like he's flo- his flow and delivery is really on point here, and then from there to the end of the track, it, ju- it just feels very much like early 2000s Eminem. Which I thought it was great. I thought it was great. What did you guys think? Yeah, I would agree with that. Right around that part you said about uh, looking at them plaques count them, it's like he kind of dug in and just kind of drove it all home from there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was watching. I think I mentioned this in the chat. Uh, even Joe Budden said, you know, that's how you start an album, even with all his like dismay for Eminem right now. I would. I will say though, is the that song. I loved it at first, but I don't find myself returning to it as much. Like when I'm, you know, strapped on time or whatever, because I feel it's it just kind of, you know, it's, it's something he's already d- spent all of Kamikaze doing. You know, responding to criticism and, you know, being pissed off and stuff. Um, so him, uh, it just feels like it didn't feel very fresh to me. That's the only issue I have with Premonition. That's a good mm. point. You know, it's, it's funny very, you say that. Wait, what yeah. say? I was just gonna say, you know, it, uh, you know, the rapping is fantastic, but it's already, you know, just kind of him rewording what he's already done, you know, uh, which I, still not necessarily a bad thing, but it's worth mentioning. I literally thought when you said that, like the first, the very first time I heard the album, like when I put on Premonition, I literally thought, holy shit that Paul skit on Kamikaze came true when he's like, are you just going <laughs> to make an album replying to everybody that didn't like the album? I literally thought that's what this album was going to be. And I actually was totally down for it. I was like, holy shit, fuck yes. He's actually now going at people that didn't like Kamikaze. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would have been down for that. I thought it was funny though. And he has an accommodating as well when he's still kind of going at people on that as well. So you're like, oh, this is this is happening. Yeah. What are your thoughts, John, on Premonition? Yeah, I, I I still listen to it. The only thing, I don't know, it's cool on first, second, third listen, but, like, you know, the, the sound effects of him hacking up some woman, like, it gets really old. Um, especially that, that, That's just... really the biggest issue with it, I think, that it's, it's all stuff he's done before. Yeah. And he does it really well, but, you know... Yeah, like when you just want to like jump into his rapping, like it does take him a minute for him to get going on that song. So it's hard, you know, as opposed to a different song on the album where he just kind of gets right into it, kind of like Godzilla. Um, it does take a minute to get into. But once he gets into it, it's really good. Um, I, I still think it's some of his best rapping on the whole album. Yeah, that, yeah, from a rapping perspective, definitely, yeah, it's uh, one of his best on the, the, on the album. It's really good, too. 
the beats like yeah, oh, I, yeah. Well, okay. I guess the beats throughout the album but we don't need to jump around but yeah no the beats were really the beat was good on that song i thought yeah what's the second song called josh uh, unaccommodating featuring young ma which had such yeah. a such a great verse <laughs> <laughs> best verse you guys want to talk about that verse specifically uh, yeah, I mean, look. Overall, unaccommodating, I I love, but seriously, like that verse kills so much of the replay value for me because I really do not like that verse, and I you know, I have to like either listen to that for a minute or fast forward, and it it's uh, that's the only issue I have with. So I read the rest of the song, like Eminem on it is is amazing, is like classic Eminem, but I, Young Ma's verse just puts me to sleep. Honestly, it's just uh, so it's boring know, it's just, for you. Yeah, boring. Yeah, it's just yeah. super. I don't know. It just doesn't really go anywhere. It feels it's just kind of there. Yeah, never should... paid a bill. I never made a meal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that ass was fake, but she came for real. Something I uh, remember. I, I told you guys I was going to say something interesting. I found out, but I was going to save it for the podcast. Uh, oh yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if this is new information for you. Probably not. But I, I found out that Young Ma is actually a female rapper. She doesn't sound like a girl at all. I found yeah. out, yeah, like first like yeah. three lessons, I thought it was a guy, and then I found out found that out online, like some random dude mentioned it. Same, same. Yeah, I only found out after Eminem did his Oscar performance. He did an interview with some entertainment outlet, and he mentioned uh, Young Ma as she, and I was like, that okay. <laughs> I had to go back and listen to it, and I was like, actually, okay, I can hear it now. Some thought the same, actually. The you know the 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 mum that has thoughts on Yaya, which we'll get to, but uh, she thought it was a guy as well. I told it was a girl. She was surprised by it too. Oh shit! Who's but a that guy? That reminds me. <laughs> <laughs> no, she thought Young May was a guy. Oh, and your mum. Like, yeah, the the one that has thoughts on Yaya. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this, <laughs> what I'm about to say, like with uncom unaccommodating while we're talking about it makes me I'm, I'm assuming like this podcast is fine to be like r-rated or whatever right fuck yeah we're man. not censoring we're anything fuck yeah podcast? okay i guess yeah <laughs> i don't know but yeah, we're, we're not censoring anything <laughs> okay because i just want to going on with like the idea that she's male i i agreed with that like i thought that i thought she was a guy too especially when there's that line yeah that ass was fake but she came for real like yeah. is young ma a lesbian or what are we talking about here i think <laughs> the only way to find out is to ask her oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of us needs one of us needs to like become a music star and just so we can you know get a collab with her and then ask her <laughs> so well great verse young mm. ma so <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I don't, I don't know if any of us are qualified for that answer because I highly doubt either none of us knew who she was or even heard of her before that song came out. Yeah, I was like, oh, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking the other day, like it would have been cool to get Proof's son on that song instead of Young Ma. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised Eminem hasn't really done anything. Like, you think he would try and promote him, wouldn't you? You probably like they probably low key don't get along or some shit. He's probably like, fuck that guy. I like your daddy better. <laughs> it might be hard for him. 
Who knows? Yeah, it might be hard too. That would be an awkward situation, wouldn't it? I don't know. Maybe not. Like if we were older and you had a friend and their kid, and then like if one of us died, like how would we treat <laughs> the kid? Oh, true. Like if I died and my son joined the WhatsApp chat or the podcast instead of me. Yeah, like Josh, basically, because Josh is your son. He'd be like, what's (laughs) up, guys? I'm your friend's son. Accept me. (laughs) Accept me. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I think that um, I honestly think the wrapping on on or uh, what's it called? Unaccommodating is. um, Yeah. Just the way he comes into the song, it's like he skips around on the song. And I, I really, really enjoy listening to it. It's just like what Josh said about having to get to it first. I don't know. I think I was just going to go into uh, just overall on the album, starting with Unaccommodating. He has a lot of explosion sound effects. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah, that is interesting. Some people, that was actually one of the main sources of criticism i saw leveled at the album like within its first 24 or 48 hours like i guess some mother of a daughter that was killed at the ariana grande concert she thought it was very inappropriate Love that how on... bomb sound effect. oh yeah. geez really <laughs> yeah that was like one of the first articles i read about it Love as well because on the album then he has a song advocating against gun violence and all this and then half the album you hear gunshots every two minutes yeah, and literally on uh, Yeah Yeah, he says that he has that whole line. I know we need to stop jumping around, but that where he says like I'm Columbine, Mandalay Bay, and he lists like yeah, yeah. different shooters, and then he like gonna... makes a gun more gun wordplay. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, he mentioned. I agree. His go ahead. Oh no! So I was gonna say I think his um. I think I'm assuming we're all in agreement here that I think his rapping is really good on this track and his hook, not to keep bringing up old Eminem, but his hook is, does feel kind of reminiscent of that old yeah. Eminem vibe. It's very fun. It's playful. It's delivery. It sounds relaxed and I don't know. It just hits you. It hits you in a good way, like a good rapidy rap way. I think. Yeah. He's having a Cause... good time on it and he sounds really so... energetic. It's because as well, yeah, he sure. spends so many of his hooks post comeback have been like over the top singing choruses. And why I generally do like that, uh, it's it's refreshing hearing him just do a normal rap hook again. You know, I think the production suits it too, which I feel like will. I mean, maybe I I can't speak for you guys, but I feel like I'll be saying that as we go down the entire track list. Basically, the yeah. production on the whole album is is great. Like, yeah, agree on that. Yeah, one one more note I'd like to add about unaccommodating is that he did shout out my girl John Bonet. Oh yeah, I knew you'd appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. John Bonet. Um, I have my thoughts on that whole murder case um, for another podcast, but I'm sure that person was listening to that song, going, "Oh shit, it's it's getting brought up again. They're on to me." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the thing as well with this song as well is uh, what's the longest? Hit my mic. What do you think the longest Eminem has gone without rhyming? Kanye, Jay Z, and Beyonce. Every song he rhymes those, and he does it on this as well. He does it a lot. Yeah. You guys you mean, notice that? You mean every album he has like a reference to them? 
He like he always does the rhyme Beyonce, Jay Z, Kanye, create you know like stuff like that. Like I know he always does those it on... three names. Yeah, no, he does it on Love Game. I'm pretty sure. But I'm trying to think recently in the last couple albums. Yeah, yeah, he does the whole scheme with that. Yeah, but um, yeah, I sort of still know He's always like listing things. He's done it all the way, really, since Slim Shady LP when he was listing all the drugs he's done. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a staple at this point. All right. Are we ready for ready for track three? Or... I don't know if we are ready for track three, but let's jump in anyway. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Track three is "You Gon' Learn" featuring Royce to Five Nine. White gold. You disrespect white gold. The white gold. Who is white gold? The guy that you does the know? chorus, he's listed on the thing apparently. So, oh, no, I, I know I, that, but I mean, did you guys know of uh, this guy before this song existed? I still don't know of this guy, and I've been listening to him for the last month. <laughs> I didn't even know he was on the song. It just that's that's just another problem with getting my information off solely the iTunes track listing because you can't really see the whole thing without letting the song play for a little bit, right? Um, but yeah, what's his name? Agreeing White, White Gold. Yeah, white mm-hmm. gold. Um, he he does a good vir- uh, hook, so you know, congrats. Yeah, good job, dude. Yeah, very modern, modern sounding hook. Uh, yeah, I was thinking that actually. If that's the thing that stands out to me most about you gone learn is again, it's very this album in general. What stands out to me, and this is an example. This song is that it's, it's it feels like he's doing a lot of new things. You know, like you know, hearing him over soul production is very new for him. It feels, you know, other than uh, his Fat Joe uh, feature the month before. Um, yeah, yeah. It's very refreshing. And, uh, you know, again, like No Regrets as well. And um, a few other songs in there as well. Just uh, Little Engine is f- fucking insane. Um, so, you know, songs like that, just, really what stands out to me most about this album is how fresh and uh, experimental he's been on it. And You Gone Learn uh, really is, you know, body's part of that, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Which, which I think. Um, Go ahead. No. Uh, I was gonna say I don't know. What do you guys think of in general or on here, Royce? I think he did well, quite well. Uh, I mean, Royce actually produced this. That's what I was shocked by. He did a great job with the production. Wow. Yeah, I read a whole interview with him about um, you know him him just starting out to dabble in production. Uh, I think that's really cool. He said, like, it, it, it makes him feel like a little kid again because, you know, he's he's mastered rapping and he he he's so consistent with it. You got to think like you're so consistent with something for so long. It might get boring. You know, he he feels re-energized doing production. And I, I thought that was really cool to read. Yeah, that, that was cool. cool. Hopefully we'll get yeah. to that with a podcast by like episode 102. So, yeah. There will be an episode 102. Probably uh, be released next Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to need a lot of gas money. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I think I think in general, but if I'm not mistaken, I think there's three tracks here with, with well, obviously M, but Royce, 
I think he's on three tracks on this album actually rapping. And I think there seems to be a running theme that Royce kind of brings is one of those people that brings out a really strong side of Eminem. I think that seems to be a consensus. Oh, I've um, never heard a bad, bad meets evil song. Yeah, exactly. There's there's a good chemistry there. And Lighters, I don't know arguably. How to de- What'd you say? Lighters, arguably, is this kind of questionable. But uh, the others, you know. Wait, which one's questionable? I have Lighters a soft spot for, for Bruno Mars. Uh, uh. I, I I do like the song. I just feel it's kind of generic compared to all the other Band Meets Evil songs, which are like 8 out of 10 plus for me. Yeah. It's something yeah. you don't want to see, like a hairy box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but no, this was cool. Also, I thought it was interesting. I didn't realize Royce... I have Genius open, but Royce has been with his wife, his high school sweetheart since 1996. That's awesome. Nice. Because he mentions that in his verse. Something that stands out to me during that verse is he mentions that, and then he mentions something about side chicks, too. That's just like, uh, it's interesting how, yeah. you know, like love can still go on with, with stuff like that going on and just shows the connection they have. And how, like, Do you, you know, think, like, Hmm? I don't know. I don't know how focused we want to be here, but like, I don't know. Now it makes me wonder, like, when someone, when a rapper talks about side chicks, like, do you think every time a rapper mentions a side chick, they genuinely have had one, or because it seems like then every rapper would have had some side chick? Depends on their persona. Like Eminem clearly has a persona of you know he dates, he fucks everything, and beats everything, so it makes sense for him. But um, yeah. yeah. Does Royce Royce kind of has that persona? I remember, especially in like his early albums, he would talk about always popping guns on people and stuff. So, yeah, he's, um, maybe he's really mature these days, though. And I just think the the way Royce carries himself in twenty twenty, um, it sounded re- like a really truthful verse. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he was just rapping from the heart at that moment. I mean, she might be not fine with it. Like, I know... Do you guys know the Chris Jericho, the wrestler? Yeah. I have known him. Yeah. He, he, uh, he has, like, you know, his, they have, him and his wife, I think, wife, uh, they have a very open relationship. So, like, you know, Chris is always having girls on tours and stuff, but they're still married, and she's fine with it and stuff, you know? Interesting. A similar thing with Royce. I don't know if that's the case or not, but that's just a theory. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Royce, promiscuous sob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is the only thing I I remember. One like minor gripe I had in the first time I heard this was the fact that he was, or maybe just looking at the whole album as a whole, was the fact that Eminem was rapping rather fast. Here, I kind of just felt like maybe across the album there are a few times where i would have preferred he slowed down i mean i still think yeah. it, it's enjoyable i do like the song i like his verse on it specifically too but kind of just it's it's one of those things where it's like yeah he's done this sort of to death i mean i guess he gets enjoyment out of out of it but yeah if you see what you mean because it's the whole production and the hook both give off a very mellow chill vibe and then he's uh, both Royce kind of does it too, you know. They're coming up. I'm a product of Hobbit and Skilly Bop, and then you know, like, 
Yeah, it feels like maybe they should that? have t- approached him a slur. But yeah, you know, you know, Royce, he opens it with, I'm a product of, you know, that whole wine scheme. Product of properly, properly, yeah. But the <laughs> oh, thing thought... is, though, even with, Roy- <laughs> even with Royce, though, overall, even though he starts out kind of like weird and not, I shouldn't say weird, but he starts out with that rhyme scheme where it's like a lot of words coming at you. He so as down, it goes yeah. on, it's rather calm. And that's, that's, that's I think, also what got to me a little bit was the fact that, yeah, the hook and the beat are kind of calm, but I guess they could have taken it either way. But the fact that Royce opens the song, the first verse, and it's rather mellow and serious, I I like that. But then to, for Eminem to come in the way he did, I was like, uh I don't dislike it though. I still enjoy it. I think it, if you did so. that like built up to it. You know how at the end it builds up to like the, the beat has that dramatic flair to it. I think if they if he started off slow and then built up to that flow with you know that how he does it in the final thing, that might work better, I think. Yeah. You know, he's just I'm full curious. speed from the start, you know. Right, right. With some I'm pauses. curious what, and this is gonna probably be our inside joke, but I'm curious what Box thought of that uh, <laughs> that last line. Like, did that fuck with his head a lot when Eminem said that they can't dissing someone so upbeat that they can't even figure out where their words should hit the kick <laughs> and the snare? Because Genius <laughs> literally says Eminem hits the snare when he says kick. And he hits the kick when he says snare. So I'm curious what Box thought of that. Oh, it was most definitely a deliberate thing. To make Box a legend no, on this was, podcast. No, That's funny, no, though. That was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke, but... <laughs> yeah. We need to make him a legend on the podcast. We need to reference him every episode so everyone becomes <laughs> curious about him. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then he makes a surprise appearance on the, on the podcast. Episode 69 or something. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah that's gonna be a legendary episode for sure <laughs> we'll have we'll have box harmonizing with what we're talking about i'd love to make an album with box it'd be great he'd be nitpicking <laughs> everything and <laughs> oh yeah never get the album out because he would be trying to perfect and everything it'd be good in a way we'd end up with a perfect album but uh... <laughs> yeah when you're 69 all right so (laughs) any more thoughts on that song i think i'm good no i think i said really only other thing is i would would like to see uh i'd love if he continued looking at this direction sound wise you know for the next album because like i said this and no regrets really stand out to me because they feel so fresh and uh, new for him, you know. I'd love to see him explore that sound more, you know, that soul infused vibe. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, yeah. Yeah, he definitely gets that sound hanging out with Royce. Mm-hmm. Royce, if you look at Royce's albums, he's, he has uh, like, const- like loads of soul stuff going on. So, yes. Well, actually, no, I remember reading, I think, I'm not sure if this is confirmed or not, but I think You Gone Learn was originally made for Royce's album, but then they put it on this instead. I don't know if that's true or not, but I remember reading it. Yeah, I read that too. I read that too. So that might be true. All right, so the next banger on this album is an interlude. (laughs) Yeah. Best song on the album for (laughs) Caden. How do you do... I can't imitate Hitchcock. (laughs) The only concern or bad thing i have to say about the interlude is he doesn't hit the kick in the snare 
yeah. And it doesn't even rhyme. And I don't know. He just doesn't really sound that into it. Seriously though, do you think like you do you like this interlude, like this specific one? Do you think it fits well, or? I love all the interludes. I, I love all every like all of Alfred's. I think they fit perfectly. I yeah, think. Um, I think weird, it's though. cool. Go, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, though, what was weird, though, is how, you know, I have this interlude, which is all, like, you know, creepy and mysterious and everything, and then that goes into those kind of nights. That's a weird uh, transition, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, yeah. I mean, the, I'm fine with the interlude. I, I'm just, I'm not in love with, like, this particular one. I mean, I do like that overall, the Hitchcock theme, I think he could have done more with it, but that's, I mean, maybe a different discussion, but he, but yeah, I, I do think that is it is a bit of a jarring transition. Yeah, I think um, I don't know. He's talking about what did he say in this interlude? He just basically introduced it. Yeah, he introduces it. Says basically, why don't you relax, lean back, and enjoy yourself until the coroner comes. So, but putting that before those kind of nights, which is more of like a club song you could argue doesn't i don't know if that fits very well right there this is weird should we transition into those kind of nights i feel like we're itching for that sure uh, one more thing what is weird with that you mentioned though he, he seems to do that a lot like godzilla into darkness is another example because godzilla is this really fun playful track and then darkness is you know depressing as fuck and he has it's them dark, back to back he seems to do that a lot yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I'm not nice. sure what my point is there, but it's interesting. That's a good point. <laughs> D.A. got that nice. dope. <laughs> <laughs> you so need to listen off, to my cover of that, John. It's, it's, I'm, I'm usually humble, but like I killed that shit. Yeah, that was I think epic. that was in the 102 things I didn't read. It is, yeah. <laughs> I also it was in no that regret. batch. <laughs> so this song is this song i feel like is all sorts of weird especially like when you're listening through the album through the first time and just like even if you fucking have genius open and you look at the lyrics and josh and i talked about this literally the first thing you see for lyrics is intro bizarre and ed sheeran and if that doesn't tell you this song is going to be weird then i don't know what does <laughs> that's <laughs> Somewhere out there, there's a guy who's just really dying for a bizarre and a chewing collab who's just has this on loop every day. The collaboration yeah. we never knew we needed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I really like this track. Um, I, I was iffy on it at first because at first it just sounded like like a discount revival track because, you know, those tracks like Remind Me and Heat. It has that same kind <laughs> of storytelling style. Yeah, um, it does. Yeah, and I didn't like it at first, but I, the more I listen to it, I've actually like really loved the track now. It's a a lot of songs on here actually have grown on me a lot, like In Too Deep as well. I didn't like that yeah. at first, but I love that now as well, which Caden's very happy about. Um, <laughs> yes, but, I am. I am. But you fought for it for the beginning. I I respect it. Yeah, no, there's something. I mean, the I th- I personally think those kind of nights is nowhere near as uh, forgettable or unlistenable as the worst tracks off of revival so there's that so yeah <laughs> like i i would agree this probably maybe so fits, a good thing. fits in the camp of this feels like a revival leftover but like i said i think in our chat it 
feels like it was probably something that was, if it was, it was definitely reworked. Um, and it, it's certainly an improvement. I mean, there's, it's, it's a fun track, and I guess I appreciate it for what it is. I wonder whether my... this is a legitimately a revival leftover. Because I remember when Revival came out, Ed Sheeran noted that they did another track together, which was similar to his old works. And it's that sounds like the kind of description that would fit that, you know, because has that very, you know, that the playful vibe. I wonder whether, and as like I said, the storytelling style is like that on Revival. I do wonder whether it was a Revival leftover that they put on here. Yeah, it may have been. I think, yeah, he was kind of going for, I guess it's obvious, but the fact that he has Bizarre on here, the fact that he opens his verse, the song with, yeah, this beat's taking me back to my D12 days. I guess that's kind of the vibe he was going for. And I guess yeah. it's kind of there, but it, I don't know. I feel like, well, D12 is dead. Like he even said, D12's over, but I probably would have appreciated it more if it was actually like a proper D12 track. Yeah. Not saying they could make, make one in mean. 2020, but. Yeah. Because he has yeah. Bizarre on it. And in the third verse, he references Swifty McVeigh. Um, but then the, yeah. beat, the beat in production, everything is very like popish. So it's a weird juxtaposition. What do you think, John? Um, I, I, it's grown on me, but not to. Just let me know if I'm cutting out. Um, that whole technical issues got me apprehensive to say much. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but that um, that song, it, the song has grown on me for sure. But there's just something that doesn't really click with me. Um, I liken it to WTP from Recovery. Which I never really got into either. Um, I just, I don't know. I just don't really click with his uh, trashy, hey girl, come over here. I have herpes. (laughs) And I'm a white trash (laughs) guy who's going to play you, obviously, vibe. I don't really, that just doesn't click with me for some reason. So. That's, I think that's a totally fair assessment. I, I No, I totally get what you mean, and I think, I mean, this is certainly, I guess, in the lower half of the album, if we're going to split it up like that. Not saying it, there's there's obviously worse songs he's done in this vein, but yeah, no, I totally get what you mean, actually. The issue with this song and all the relationship songs, I, I talked to you, Caden, about this, but the biggest issue, I think, with the reason why his albums aren't as cohesive and the issue with these relationship songs are the fact that he doesn't seem to get the Slim Shady persona anymore. Um, because mm-hmm. you know, originally, whenever uh, you know, in his prime, whenever he talked about uh, beating women and whatever, it was always because Slim Shady was a product of counterculture, where he's, you know, he he's not just beating a woman; he's beating it to play off the persona of, oh, I'm a misogynist. I'll show you misogynist. Yeah. Whereas with these tracks, uh, it's just doing it for fun, and because he finds it funny, there's lacking that depth. Which also makes the albums uncohesive. I don't think that's a word, but uncohesive because, um, you know, usually the relationship tracks will be tied into the overall theme because they were all connected with that counterculture theme. Whereas this album doesn't have any theme. So they're just there, the songs. That's a good point, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that reminds me. That makes me think. um, I wonder, like, what John was talking about it not really clicking for him this whole like white trash thing i wonder if part of it is because um maybe this sounds weird but i never thought about this but he's not i mean he's not really white trash anymore you know what i mean it's like he's trying to relive something that he once was and even then was he even 
the type of guy to just invite women over and treat them badly. I mean, I'm assuming he was. I mean, he. But he, I mean, like the whole party thing, like how much. Yes. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah, actually he was part, always... Like I know he spent a lot of his youth like trying to just survive and make money off his raps. Like how much was he actually fucking around and partying like that? I don't know. A lot of that, a lot of those lyrics seem to come out when, uh, like, right around the radioactive days. Like, because Yellow Wolf I mean, was rapping about that. You cut up. Okay. Um, a lot of those. You mean, yeah. A lot of those. Throw li- up was really where Fee first did that. What'd you say? Sorry, go on. Yeah. I was just saying, yeah, I see what he means. Throw it up was really the first time I really saw that kind of style. So I see what you mean. Oh, throw it up. Yeah, he was, he was playing off oh, Yellow Wolf's oh. persona, really. Yeah, so if it's, I mean, <laughs> I haven't listened to Trial by Fire, oh, but <laughs> I do out the podcast. <laughs> Keep me out. But if if that's if that indeed is more of Yellow Wolf's persona, um, then it's like it maybe like once in a blue moon if he wants to have it like in the verse here and there. But if he's making entire songs about it. And obviously it kind of makes sense. It feels forced. I mean, it's not exactly him. Like I said, even what I said earlier, I don't think this is exactly the most authentic Eminem. And maybe that's why it didn't really click for John or really me either. I mean, I don't dis, I don't hate it, but yeah. Yeah. I, think- I, I, lo- I love the song. I can't defend it, but I, it's a, it's a guilty pleasure kind of thing for me. I think what makes it work for me is that while it may not be authentic necessarily, you can tell he's having fun with it, like this delivery of it and and everything. Like you can tell he's having fun with it. So, uh, I don't know it's, it's a tough one to to gauge, really. Yeah, I like his yeah. uh, his female impressions in the song. That's that's always yeah. funny. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, but something authentic for Eminem is more of along the lines of legacy. Because he said that, yeah, that one line that always, whenever you know. Albums like this, which are mainly like joke tracks, it always reminds me of that line on Guts of Fear. Uh, I'd rather make uh, another not afraid than we made you. Yeah. Um, uh, but then he keeps doing songs which are more like we made you than not afraid. And that really confuses me. It seems like he wants think... to. Go on. Seems like he wants to what? But, you know, it seems like he wants to do meaningful songs. But then I don't know, maybe because he's built up this persona of, you know, of being outrageous and everything, and he has fun doing these kind of tracks. Maybe that it just takes over, and he ends up only doing like, you know, mostly comedy songs. I don't know. It's it's yeah, weird. It's, it's the same. I don't vibe know if I'd say like... he does mostly comedy though. Like I know that. Like what I meant more is maybe not like not many meaningful so- songs as much anymore. You know, like Kamikaze was just him responding. There was not really any like profound things on there. On here, there's only like darkness and stuff. You know, just, yeah. it feels weird that he, he, you know, he, he's very proud of recovery and he's always talking about wanting to have a huge impact, but then he never seems to go all in on that. You know, he still, he still seems in that mind state of making sure he's pleasing everyone. Yeah. 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 Maybe that is something going on too. Yeah. Well, if anything, it's a giant step up from you remind me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically the same song, just not done as well at all. Yeah, I mean, remind me, like, I have no desire to return to that. I can think I've only listened to that song twice, and that was the two times I listened to Revival. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
Because like, this has to be the most in-depth discussion anyone's ever had about those kind of nights, <laughs> or the deepest thought anyone's ever had about it. Yeah, should we move on or no? Ed Sheeran shaking in his red-headed boots right now. Red, Ed Sheeran, red hair. But yeah, I think that's that's it, right? Should we go into in too deep? I think in we should skip deep. that one. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so Josh likes it now. It's me. I'm a fan now. I believe. Yeah. Didn't you like it, uh, Jonathan? I like the song. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I ever listened to the album it was the night it it came out, and I was trying to listen to it and play GTA at the same time, but. I couldn't. I was finding myself not really paying attention to the album that much, so I had to stop it. But while I was playing GTA, I remember In Too Deep was on, and the chorus definitely reminded me of Kanye. And that's something I've read about on a lot of commentary about the albums, uh, including you guys. Yeah. I know it's until Caden points it out, but yeah, I, I'd say all the production reminds me more of, of uh, Kanye. Reminds me of something off EA or something, you know? Yeah. It's just, that's what the chorus is to me. Like, like that's Eminem, like, being, like, having, like, a, a Kanye week where he just binged all his albums. And he's like, dude, I want to make something kind of soulful. And <laughs> there's even, like, this, yeah. like, soul singer in the final chorus of the song that would kind of be in the background of a Kanye song. I think for what it is, I think it's pretty solid i mean it's, uh, yeah i i guess i get why some people don't like it but if you just isolate it as a song itself i mean i think it's decent i'm not saying it's an incredible song but i i enjoy it i get enjoyment out of it sure what about you josh you do um that. yeah I, I really like it i didn't like it at first but like i said it really grew me and now i i love listening to it it's a uh... It's really fun to rap along to, you know, a you know, girlfriend and all that thing going on. <laughs> uh, and I love the hook as well. It's, you know, it's very uh, catchy. Um, again, quite a unique beat for him. Very Kanye-esque in a way. Um, yeah, I yeah. can't pinpoint exactly what I like about the song specifically. Um, but it just does a lot of things. Oh, it's, it's fun to listen to. It does a lot of things right. Storytelling's quite nice as well. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of a unique approach to something he's done a lot, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, and I can't pinpoint what I love about it. I just I'd love listening to it. I think it's just well put together. I think, it, yeah, it, it grew on me too. I think the what reason say, John? I think a reason why it's hard to pinpoint why we connect or like these songs so much is because the album as a whole does sound really fresh for him. Like even though it's a brand new album, there was something about revival that didn't sound fresh, or I don't know, even. Marshall Mathers LP2 that didn't sound fresh because it felt like it was done before. I think uh, yeah. uh, music to be murdered murdered by um, just has, it just, I don't know. It's just like he like used an inhaler and got a, a new wind, you know, and he just sounds That's like he's actually analogy. having fun yeah. for once. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Like this is like really the first album We've heard from Eminem since, I don't know, ever. 
where he's just making music for fun and he's not really responding to people, you know, like you could go down the list of his albums, like relapse was him getting all the drugs out of his system and recovery was him figuring out, you know, getting his footing back and Marshall Mathers two was a sequel to that. And then revival was like, I don't know. It sounds yeah, to me most. Yeah. I remember during like that yeah, no, 2014 no, no, to revival era, he became very complacent. I felt, like he just kept doing that Marshall Mathers LP two sound over and over and over. So then, you know, the huge backlash to revival in a way was really the best thing to ha- that could have happened because it remind reminded him ironically uh, that <laughs> that um you know he's you know he reminds him that he's become complacent and that he it was kind of kicking the ass you know to get back on track. And we saw that with Kamikaze where suddenly he was started using all this modern production and everything and flowing you know well again. Um, so I feel that's just an expansion of that. You know, he's, he's you know being kicked right back into the proper mind state, and then that's this is the product of it. Yeah, someone on Reddit actually said that this idea that they feel like since Eminem's comeback, which is crazy because we could roughly say it's been ten years, but this is like the Comic-Con, like the last two years of the ten years are like the first time it feels like he's actually sort of getting his footing again for like a possible second wind. If that yeah. makes sense. Like yeah. what John was saying when he ran down the albums, like relapse, he's flushing drugs out. And it, it's kind of weird. Cause I feel like maybe a little too isolated from the world at that point to just like make an entire album, <laughs> mainly about like serial killing and weird accents. But, <laughs> and then, yeah, recovery. I mean, I, I appreciate the heart of that so much. I, and I, I feel like, I have a newfound appreciation for it, but I just think the execution was not there. And maybe it was just because he was too brand new to like being human again. And then of course, obviously Marshall Mathers LP too. We went over that in revival, but it feels like, yeah, since Kamikaze, it feels like he's kind of finding a new sort of life force. Like he said, he got a new wind. It's mm-hmm. refreshing to see that, certainly. Mm-hmm. And after very, very well put by the way, um, after yeah after all of his albums like you know how we had like slim shady and then marshall mathers lp and then like all of his albums kind of came in twos um yeah i've always like wondered like what the next step's gonna be because like it became so predictable at one point it's like all right you know it it became predictable to the point it's like well we know the next m&m album is gonna start with the letter r (laughs) you know yeah um yeah so like like nobody saw Kamikaze coming, and then nobody saw this album coming. It's just it it made being a fan fun again because it's not so predictable anymore. Exactly, exactly. So, someone was even saying that online that that's that it was great for this to happen because it was like the formula was, or I guess starting with Kamikaze, the formula was really broken. I mean, just a surprise album of him responding to people instead of like trying to cater to people's tastes or try and do something that he thinks people want but yeah yeah. i think that's exactly what he needed me too he feels just really on the pulse with what's going on in rap right now like so i remember again with that phase he went through you know he would release an album and then he do like two random side projects and then another album like two years after that and then another side project you know whereas now he really feels like he's just actively trying really rather than just having fun with it you know yeah shout out to shady I, xv and the southpaw soundtrack 
That's, that's what I was thinking of, yeah. And <laughs> Hell the sequel as well. Um, the sequel, yeah, can't forget that. I love Shady XD, you know, I'm, I'm throwing that out there. I will defend that to the death. Which one, Shady XD? Shady, Shady 15, yeah. You cut up. Yeah. Now Josh Shady cut 15. up. Yeah. Good, my, my that, curse so, worked. <laughs> your curse. You're next, Josh. <laughs> back to in too deep i guess maybe the last note i'll say about it is um it's funny i saw a comment on uh rap genius where someone said it this is basically the opposite of normal you know that song from kamikaze and i realized that is so weird now that i think about it because like even josh you were saying kind of like how eminem's like perverted the idea of shady to just being like oh look how cool i am i beat women and it feels like i feel like normal kind of is an extension of that but then just to think like his next album he has a track like into deep like if you played those two side by side it's just kind of weird but coming from the same artist um, yeah coming from the same artist but i think i mean i i appreciate into deep for what it is i think it it's mostly authentic i'm curious who he's talking about but i don't know if we'll ever know i don't think we will it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because it's like at what point, like, what is authentic Eminem anymore? Yeah. Because we don't really know anything about him anymore. <laughs> he used to be the most open book ever. You you still, you don't think, you're cutting up again, by the way. Damn but it. you don't think he's an open book anymore? Like, what do you mean by that? As far as his personal life goes. That's the, yeah, um, hmm. Yeah, the moment I realized that was, I remember a few years ago, I remember Kim had, like, some issue with her personal life, um, like, some sort of alcohol problem, something like that, and, yeah. like, Eminem didn't mention that at all, you know, and that's where I realized that he maybe, uh, you know, maybe he wants to take a, you know, push that to the background of his content, you know, um, maybe keep his personal life more personal nowadays. He expressed a lot of regret mm-hmm. about doing that in certain songs. In your head comes to mind. Uh, headlights oh, yeah. comes to mind for me. Talking about... like in, in, in your head, he talks about like regretting. Uh, oh, true. You know, talking about Haley so much and you know going into so much detail about Haley's life and stuff. So I think that plays a big factor in it. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess it's different now. Haley's grown up, right? <laughs> well. <laughs> What do we have to say about Godzilla? Rapidly, rapidly, rapidly. In a fun way. It's yeah, it's it's fun as shit. Yeah. Um I, I love uh yeah, I love Juice Will's chorus. The beat is great. Yeah, it's just a fun track. Like that's pretty much all there is to it, you know. It's a really fun track. Really fun to rap along to, except for the third verse, which I can't do. Uh the chorus is great. Um yeah, that's my in depth verdict. Yeah, I um I I think it's cool. I uh I really like his rapidy songs. Um I really like uh for example Detroit versus everybody. I just I really like just when he raps randomly like that so- that big Sean song he did. Um Yeah. Something cool and you know, rest in peace to Juice World and you know, I'm not one of those people that oh my god, an artist died. Let me go check out his music. Um but like even if he didn't die like this chorus he did i really enjoyed it and it, it did make me want to go back and listen to his old music 
which I like. Yeah. You know, that's why I like features exactly. in hip hop. Yeah. Opposite of Young M.A., who I now never want to listen to again. I wonder what so. M.A. stands for. Hmm. <laughs> anus. Um, yeah. Mighty. Mighty anus. Young mighty ate it. Mighty anus. Mighty asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny how he made yeah, fun thought... of himself at the end of the song. Oh, I loved I loved that reference the first time. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I think everything generally the I think the consensus for the song is positive too, which I would agree with. I think my only gripe with it, but I still I like the song. I think it's one of the better songs here. Is the fact that he did go into that rapidy rap thing. Like I I get it. It was really cool. Like on Rap God. But I remember the first time hearing this, I was like, oh, is he really doing this again? But, I mean, I enjoy it. Do, do I enjoy it as much, like, his rapping on the, in that fast part as much as what's going on in Rap God? I would say no. But, I mean, it's still cool. I get, yeah. I still really like it, the track, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, the ra- fast rap part in Rap God actually had, like, a purpose. And I understand, like... Godzilla is like a monster and Eminem, you know, like metaphor, like he's a monster too, as an artist goes. Yeah. Uh, but like a lot of the, like, I'd say the biggest complaint I have with this album as a whole is what is it all about? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like there's not really a direction. I get, yeah, that's actually a fair assessment now that I think about it. When it dropped, I was trying to figure out like, why this existed. And I remember at first I read that uh, Dr. Dre produced it. So that's why I thought, oh, the point of this album is this is their reunion album. But then I found out actually he only produced like some tracks on it. And yeah, you know, like, again, it goes back to the point of, um, you know why? You know why does this exist? I mean, he's clearly doing it just because he has fun, and that's great. But uh, you know, there's really no, you know, this from an artistic point, there's not really any reason for this to exist. You know, like no overarching story, yeah, anime expanded universe of Eminem. Yeah. Um, but you know, like recovery had like a huge, you know, purpose to it. Marshmallows LP two even had a purpose. Even revival had a purpose, to you know, to some extent, with you know his political thoughts and it is obviously very scatterbrained, but uh, there was something there. Um, but here, it's just kind of a collection of fun tracks. And while that's well, it's led to some, a great album I, overall. I still think it's also um, you know it feels inconsequential ultimately. Mm-hmm. But it's still fun to listen to. I'll still listen to it <laughs> okay. almost every day. Not all the way through. Yeah. Pretty much it on Godzilla. There's not much else you can really say about it, really. So, yeah, I wonder what Tracked Godzilla he was referencing the original or Godzilla 2000 or it's getting the important questions. Yeah, thank you. QTNA, huh. should All we right. talk about darkness? Moving on, yeah. What did you guys think? So, it was released at the same exact time as the video which I didn't mm. uh, know at the time because I just 
you know, I got the album notification and just went straight there. Um, and I didn't know what the song was about when the first time I was listening to it. Obviously, it clicked by the end of it. But I remember I um, I posted some lyrics to my Twitter page when I was first listening to the song. And he has, like, this uh, this lyric about, you know, I'm like my father. You'd think that I knew him. You know, and I was like, oh, it's going to be one yeah. of those songs. So I posted that lyric because I can relate to that. But then, like. When I finished the song, I was like, oh, it's not about his dad at all. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm actually in the similar camp view as far as the first time I heard it. Like when I was going. The first time I heard it, to be honest, I wasn't overly, I wasn't too impressed. And I, I just heard it. And then once, once I realized, oh, he's talking about his shooting, it still didn't hit me. And then I think I heard it again. And I didn't really think much of it again. It wasn't until I saw the music video that it hit me emotionally and I was like, wow, uh-huh. okay, there's something there. And then it just, it, then at some point, it like maybe after that point, it like flipped for me and I was like, wow, this is a really great song. And I think, dare I say, objectively one of, if not the best song on the album. Yeah. Um, is this, yeah. As objectively good as it okay. is. I would say like it's one that I don't find myself going back to a lot, just because it is heavier. Yeah, I have I that think, scene too. I have a friend who felt this, felt the same way. He liked a lot of the more like fun, lighter tracks, and even though he admired darkness, he thought it was just too heavy. Yeah, not or not. I shouldn't say too heavy, but it was just like it's a bit of a. It's there's a lot of weight to it, obviously, compared to the rest of the album. It does make you wonder, you know, we were t- again talking about the balance of serious versus lightheartedness. It does make you wonder if maybe he recognizes that and is afraid to do a whole album with that not afraid thing he was going for because maybe he fears that it would kill replay value. Um, and it wouldn't quite. I don't know. He, he might fear it might not appeal as largely either. Yes. Yeah. Since he is a worldwide figure. And, I mean, yeah. and like I said as well, he's just built up this, you know, vibe for him as this, you know, Joker, you know, this Joker and having fun, playful songs and that. So I, mean, I don't know. But I'd I love know, for like really... him to be asked this in an interview. Do you really think he wants to go fully in that direction, though? I mean, I know, like he's even said, each of his albums are bas- is basically a a time capsule of his mindset at the time. And obviously around the time of recovery and maybe even for a few years after it, he was in that mind frame of let me like try and inspire the world and help people through my own experience. But like, do you really think that's solely what he's after? I mean, I still would, I would argue that he's very much, he just wants to rap, you know, if if that's on his mind during a certain period of his life. Sure. But I'm not sure that's solely what he wants to do now. Definitely. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely a case. And he's clearly, I mean, it's like the Marshmallows LP2 revival and this. All of them are very scatterbrained in that sense. He very clearly wants to just rap and do everything. Um, yeah, it'd be yeah, interesting he probably to be, be able to ask him in person one day. <laughs> we yeah. should have him on the podcast. And I once know. you know, once one of us has worked our way up and got that cloud with Young <laughs> M.A., that to be our next goal. That's like, uh... 
fucking box it, that he wants it, to like lock Eminem in a room and tell him everything he's doing <laughs> wrong with the current rap. It does make you wonder about um, the authenticity of certain tracks. And, and what he's actually forcing versus what he's really enjoying. Just get the impression that he doesn't know what he wants to be as an artist anymore. Because he clearly enjoys doing the fun tracks and he clearly has a lot of pride in doing the serious tracks. But he never wants to go, you know, one way for an entire album. You know, he always looks at things as a collection of songs rather than what is this project as a you know, as an album uh existing for. Yeah. Wait, John, what do you mean by the authenticity thing? I was trying to figure out what you mean by that. Um, I mean, like, like when I sit down to write a piece, like it, and it just flows like that's authentic. That's like true to myself. But like when I'm like Demon Llama, for example, my first album, you know, the reason I didn't want to make Princess Potato, the second album is because it just didn't feel like it was really me anymore. And it just kind of feels inauthentic for Eminem to have all these different faces, if you, if you will. Oh, so you're saying in a general sense, you think it's inauthentic for him to have all these different faces. Just just personally speaking, like it's it's interesting, Mm. like just to see how deep he really goes. Like, I'm sure like this is us seeing all different sides of him. I'm just saying it's hard for me personally to identify. Oh, huh. I feel like. I don't know. Maybe I'm just jumping too quickly to his defense, but I would, I don't know. Part of me like fully understands that mindset of like probably when he or someone sits down to write a rap, it's reflecting whatever they're going through or feeling at that moment, you know? So obviously we all have our moods. Maybe his are more extreme or whatever, but I don't know. I I feel like to me, I guess I understand it, but I don't know. What do you think, Josh? Um, I mean, I've, I've pretty much said everything I think about it. Um, you know, I mean, I, 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 don't, I wouldn't say it's inauthentic. I, every, like I said, I think everything he does, I think he truly feels that way and has fun doing it. It's just that he, he's not yeah. someone who can just, you know, settle down and do one style. He wants to constantly be doing everything. And actually, I do kind of relate to that. You know, I've told you of how, you know, I have like a million different creative endeavors I want to follow. And I, I don't feel like I don't have the time to do them all. So I, I, I can I can understand it, but um, it's gonna be frustrating because, like I said, what I was saying earlier with how Marshmallow's LP and Eminem show and stuff all have an overarching theme that connects everything, and it's, it can be frustrating because it's lacking that because he's being pulled in all these different directions. Yeah, it's, yeah, it makes you wonder if he's doing it for the general audience or if he's really doing it for himself. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just as simple. I, I don't want to say it's as simple as, but I, I feel like it could just be chalked up to the fact that maybe he's just, he doesn't have that cohesive element to him. I'm not sure what the, what the, why, why that gap is there, but I'm, but I mean, if you look at his older albums, maybe up until the Eminem show, like, I'm not sure. I mean, there was a certain cohesiveness there that hasn't been present in him for a while. So I'm not sure. I'd say Recovery was his last cohesive album. Yeah, Relapse was very cohesive. Even I even think like Relapse the last. Cohesive. What's that? 
No, no, I was, I was agreeing with you. Relapse did feel cohesive. I don't yeah. know if I'd say recovery cohesive, actually. Somewhat, I guess. I mean, the sound is cohesive. That all has that like speaker blaring sound. Yeah, that's why I was yeah. thinking of the sound element of it. Yeah, the sounds cohesive. It's definitely kind of that's that's why you start seeing the signs of it though. Like the, the subject matter is kind of all over the place on recovery. So yeah, yeah. I agree yeah, with both of you. Conceptually, it's spread out a bit. It goes yeah. from Cinderella Man yeah. to so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what? <laughs> <laughs> But didn't uh, Eminem show be... go from like drips to till I collapse? That's <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, not not sequentially, but yeah. I mean, those yeah. two are basically. Yeah. No, no, no. I know what you're talking. I mean, yeah. Even I listen to now different discussion, but no, no, no. Even they, I, I find that too. I feel like that's always been present. Yeah. No, the Eminem show did have a couple weird transitions. I'm trying to remember what it was, or I think oh, it was Superman to Haley's song. That was that. I was like, okay. But I guess I kind of got it because now we're discussing. I'm discussing Eminem show, but Superman is like a bashing on Ho's song, and Haley's song is basically the same thing, but it's uh, owed to his daughter. But he manages to squeeze in <laughs> hate for Ho's. <laughs> this is off topic. <laughs> this will happen often, I'm sure. <laughs> This is what I'm on about, though, about that overarching theme, is on those old albums, like even the random relationship songs, even those were t- were still cohesive thematically because they were done from the angle of him being a caricature of, you know, this misogynist they claim he is. It's not just him talking about uh, a bad relationship, it's him doing it filtered through this character, whereas I feel that's kind of lost now, and it's just... Uh, you know, it's just him having fun rather than it being like a you know an artistic reason for it in that sense. And that's where yeah, the inauthentic like a... feel for me comes from, I think. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, I see what you mean. I don't know if inauthentic would be the word uh, for me. I I think it's like yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, I personally would use a different word to define it. All right, but that's just me. We'll think of a better yeah. word later. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not tearing down your word. I'm just for me. Fuck John. <laughs> Fuck John. <laughs> uh, was it, what else did we want to say about darkness? We're I mean, only I think we all the eighth song. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> By the way, I probably only have like two hours more. I know that that's like probably crazy to even say, but like in two hours, I'd probably I'd get going. But okay. <laughs> we should be wrapped up by then, hopefully. Could be on that. We'll be able to lock it, lock it up then. Maybe. That's so funny. Uh, darkness. Yeah, I mean, I think we all like it. We agree, it's heavy. It, it's funny. I remember some article said it felt like the centerpiece for this album. That's a good, is sort of, good point. Which is like, interesting to, me, to think about, considering so much of the rest of the album is not like darkness at all. But it. Yeah. I think it works as a track. I, I really like it. I love actually, I guess one more, one more thing I'll say about it is I really love, I remember Josh, you and I talked about how Eminem's not always the most subtle person and can be quite on the nose, but I love the fact that, what is it, the last minute and a half after he stops rapping, it just plays the recordings uh, that are, that That's, are that was a great account of the Mandalay Bay. And then yeah. there's a pause. And then the last minute just goes into all these different news reports of all the different shootings. I love that. 
because it was, yeah. It, yeah it was just brilliant that's like great storytelling it didn't need to explain it to you like oh look at this and now see how it's happening everywhere it's like no you just play the recordings and it was like you figure it out as a listener i think that's some of the best um storytelling you know that was that was genius see that's what i really i think that's where my my desire for him to do a serious thing is coming from because whenever he does a conceptually driven song like uh like darkness castle or rose and stuff they're always some of the highlights of not just the album but of his career so I think that's why I'm secretly so determined, like wanting to do that so much. Because if he did a concept album, I know Relapse kind of is that, but I, I really just want him to lean into that strength of con- of concept and storytelling because it always highlights me. Do you think he can ever I do that like... though? Like, do you think he can put aside his love of rapping for the fuck of it as fast but as he can go? Yeah, you you cut up again. Do you think he can put aside his love of rapping for the fuck of it to the side um, for an entire album, though? Uh, so I don't think he could. Because what stood out on me about Darkness as well was that he's rapping really slow on it, and it feels like it feels like he hasn't rapped like that in ages. So it really feels like he was trying to restrain himself on there, you know. And fast rapping is clearly what he enjoys the most right now. Mm-hmm. So I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I, yeah, Josh probably didn't like. I, Josh, fuck. I, I was thinking of box, and I called Josh. <laughs> box. Box. No, I, I, I was gonna say. Well, I'm surprised box didn't like it, but he, I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised box didn't like it, but it's probably because of sentence splitting. When he's like, "You'll never find a motive." He does a lot of sentence splitting in there just because he's rapping so slow with the rhymes. Used to crescendo. Yeah, <laughs> crescendo. <laughs> But yeah, I think it works, even though I guess I could see some people maybe criticizing his rapping. But I, I mean, for the most part, I think it's just conceptually it's so strong. It's unique for mainly rap in general and him, obviously. But uh, it's also musically, it's nice, too. I, at first, I, I didn't really care for that um, sample. Uh, the, what was it? Simon and Garfunkel did that, but the Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. But now I, I like it. I think it really works. And honestly, the more I listen to it, it I do think it's I see why people are praising it online. Certainly one of the strongest tracks on this album and his I guess his career probably. Oh yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Um and we're gonna continue with Leaving Heaven. All right. I like most of us about this is um It'd be very predictable for him to just do a song where he does three verses talking about how much he hates his dad and that kind of thing. But what I like about this is he takes a more abstract approach to it by, um, you know, like he doesn't, you know, it, it'd be one thing for him to just say, oh, I hate my dad because uh, my life sucked. But he actually spends the first two verses chronicling why why his life as a kid sucked. And then at the third verse, then he ties it back to, oh, all this happened because of the lack of my dad. I thought that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. It's <laughs> <laughs> dead silence, okay, friend. <laughs> the silence is as dead as Eminem's dad. <laughs> wow. Too soon. Did you guys? I thought the first verse was. I mean, now that Josh brought it up it makes more sense i think each verse and this is often with his songs but each verse does get progressively better 
I thought the first verse was a little, I mean, I get he's reflecting on his career. To me, it just, I, I don't totally agree. I don't the, yeah, I don't it's, it's just, it. yeah, um, it's just kind of there for me. Like, it's yeah. fun enough to listen to, but that's about it, you know? Yeah. And obviously, bad, think, but it's not great either. I guess, and Skylar Gray's hook is decent. I think this was my favorite I've heard so far, and it kind of made me like her. Um, and then the second verse, I guess, kind of it's starting to get more interesting. His rapping's getting a little more elaborate, and he's starting to contents just kind of picking up in pace. But yeah, by the third verse, like the second verse, I love how he flashes out. I always love when he goes back and describes those days in Detroit when he was like a teenager. I think I really like how he does it there. It reminds me of the Apple actually. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Also, I think he also he even mentions like uh, the tricycle and boogie, which he mentions yeah. on the apple as well. That's yeah. also that was really interesting. I gotta go back and listen. Best to friend until Isaac and Boogie. I mean, done years later. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I love as well. Is, what did you, you like, John? Right. I did like it, yeah. I don't know if I want to go into it very much, just because it is a really sensitive topic for me personally. Um, but yeah. I can relate to his outro a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, <laughs> I it's one of it's one of my favorites from the album as far as like you know. I always when I'm skipping around, I always kind of skip over darkness and go right. To leaving heaven, I, I really like Skylar Gray's chorus. It, it actually reminds me of Miley Cyrus, as someone who listened to her for a bit back when she was going crazy. Um, yeah, it actually does sound like Miley Cyrus more than it sounds like Skylar Gray. Funny enough, to me at least, it did, it didn't sound like a Skylar uh, chorus. I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I do agree yeah, with that outro. Though. The outro is, <clears throat> I love the outro. It's, it's so like the way he just yells over the chorus, crooning in the background and everything. Like that's it's like it's really powerful. I th- I felt really good outro. Yeah, it. People even said it reminded them of I guess like older Eminem with his rage, and it did actually too for me. Yeah, leaving heaven actually aside from the on my very first listen through, I remember premonition impressed me, and then nothing after that. Like it, it still was like too jarring for me, I guess, of like kind of a new sound and just his rapping. But but then when I heard um, Leaving Heaven, I remember that one like slap in the face. I think largely just because like anyone who's followed the Eminem lore to like see his narrative with his dad and like this. I, I honestly wasn't expecting it. I mean, I know if you look back through all his songs, every time he's mentioned his dad, it's always been like he still has that that deep-seated anger towards him but to see like i know i remember reading he died last year but then just to see this track come out after it i was honestly kind of shocked i remember when his dad died i was really expecting him to actually have kind of approach where he kind of was like i don't know i expected a more kind of slower and introspective so and like maybe him trying to bargain with himself that maybe there was some redeeming quality to it but so yeah, it surprised me that he was just no, he fully hated the guy. Yeah, yeah, I think that took us all. But I remember even Fantano said that. I think this track specifically kind of took us all by surprise and was thought provoking. 
again, I think that's another fun thing about being an Eminem fan is when he's so unpredictable like that. Yeah. So I remember hearing the news of when his dad died too. And I remember thinking to myself, I hope he's doing okay. You know, like I hope like it didn't, it didn't like hit him too hard, but based on this song, he didn't care. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I thought, because I thought maybe, oh, he spent his whole life hating his dad, that maybe he would start regretting that now that he's died, but uh, no. It's interesting. Yeah. It's another It's another interesting look into him, and like, is this his true feeling? Um, is Or is this him, like, lashing out again, you know? Like, like you know how, like, when you're a, a angsty teenager, like, you, you know, fuck you, mom, fuck you, dad, like... Is this him still doing that, or do you think he had his moment of peace personally and just did it? Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I think hmm, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I I do wonder whether his anger comes from just pure spite, or comes from anger over the fact that he never got that uh, that chance to connect. I do want. I, I would love to have him to explore that in the future, maybe. Unless it is just pure anger, in which case, you know, fair enough. But yeah, that's definitely, I would love to, yeah, I wonder the same, basically. It's funny, because he's had like a string of albums. I don't know if he did anything on Recovery, but, not Recovery, but Kamikaze, where, um, you know, on Recovery, he apologized to Kim. On Marshall Mathers, he, yeah. he, he apologized to his mom. Um, mm. It's kind of like the next album, he's going to do something to somebody else, and he's basically gave his dad a middle finger instead of apologizing. (laughs) 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 Well, that's interesting you say that. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, on note, I know we're going to talk, we're going to talk about this if we ever get to it, but no regrets. He does (laughs) sort of apologize to Tyler, the creator and Earl, the sweatshirt. Yeah. Earl, the uh, hooded sweater. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess I guess that's all I got for that song. That's a new record. Move to Yaya, Yaya. Oh boy, yeah, yeah. One of them's favorite. <laughs> Is that really her favorite? Oh, I I don't know if, yeah I don't know if you I, that might have been part of the infamous one hundred and two message block, but um, my mum finds it corny. <laughs> what does she find corn? She finds the yah yah corny, right? The yah yah. She she to use specifically. She said it cracks her up. I don't know if you have that phrase in America, but that's British for corny, basically. Uh, we did. We have cracked cracked someone up, but that refers to like you, you thought it was really funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's that too. Yeah, but here in the UK, it can mean that, or it can mean like she was using it in the sense that if if she found a corny. Yeah, corny. It's either. Corny means either whack or if some food has a lot of corn in it. That's yeah. true. <laughs> uh, a lot of our food is corny now. <laughs> That's for another podcast episode. Yes. Talking about food. Kind of deep revelations you can find on the dark alley. Yeah. What do you, um, what do you guys think of, I guess, the song or the, this conglomeration of rappers specifically? When I saw the track list, I was really excited to hear a Q-tip verse with Eminem. Um, I'm really, you know, I, I liked what he contributed to the hook. 
But I really do wish we got a Q-Tip verse, um, as he's one of my favorite rappers. Um, I think the way Royce came into the song is... I haven't heard him do anything like that ever. And I thought it was really interesting like how high-pitched he was and how energetic he sounded. So I didn't actually didn't recognize it was Royce at first. So yeah, Me that explains it. Me yeah. Either. And commenting on the yah yah, like like that's obviously just like a, a nod to like old school hip hop and like tribe called Quest when Buster Rhymes was doing all that crazy uh rhyming and if you played your mom some old tribe called Quest, you'd hear more stuff like that and I'm sure she'd be like, Wow, that's so corny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think this track is probably um like the best set of rappers together on one track on this entire album i mean i guess probably i will is begging to hey, i will is better rapping actually but in terms of yeah, like yeah, no, no no i i agree with you i just mean like as for yeah. overall in terms of like legends, legends. yeah yeah, yeah. Like just legends, four legends together track. and mr porter exactly and mr yeah. porter <laughs> <laughs> I think I think this is a, yet another example. It's like it fails to not be true. The fact that when Royce and Eminem are on a track together, even when they're with other people, like Eminem, I I absolutely I really like his verse here. I think his flow and his creativity are quite unique. I I freaking love that that rhyme scheme where he does it towards the beginning when he's like, "Now come on, Danan," and he says, "Here we uh. come." I thought that was so fucking clever and it reminded me of it, I guess it just reminded me of like how much I guess back in the day like Eminem used to really have fun with stuff and he didn't feel stifled here he just felt like he was letting loose so yeah there's certainly plenty of fast rapping here but I think it feels really natural and good with the rest of the song it definitely a super strong song and I don't know how much discussion it's getting online but I, I really like it yeah, I've heard I've heard Great. criticism about the beat being too loud, but I don't think it is. I did notice that I was listening to it today, actually, uh, in the car, um, and I did notice it was very loud. It didn't bother me, but I do think it is loud. I think there's another explosion sound effect in the song. Is there? Where? I think there is, but where? I think it's after the da da da. Yeah, and da da. So come on, Dana. <laughs> Dude, if you fucking look at the genius for it, look at the end of Eminem's verse. Like, I know he was spitting a lot of letters there, but look like those last like eight bars or whatever, which ends up being like a lot of words because he's rapping fast. But literally, it's like all fucking letters, like acronyms, you know, like he's saying DOC and G rap and EDOG, UTFO. TRE was my GPS. That's cool. Crazy with it, but. I actually really like it. I think it works. NWA and Easy E and DRE was like my GPS without him. I don't know where I'd be. That that whole part, like, I really love this song. I love this verse. I love. I really like this. It's just a fun track, just to let you know. It's one of those fun to listen to tracks. You know, fun to rap to, fun to listen to. It's just a fun p- posse cut. You know. Yeah, and great. Like we said, great rappers on here. Hip hop OGs. Mr. Porter. And Mr. Porter. <laughs> Hey, yeah. well, Eminem obviously feels highly reported. I mean, he's his hype man, right? This, co- this corner fucking slapped. I, I don't care what anyone says. On Southpaw. Who, oh, Mr. yeah. Slaps on Southpaw? Oh, this, this corner? corner? Oh, I agree. Song. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, that, was, that was Bula, so yeah. Yeah, well, uh, obviously Mr. Porter is he, – he produces a lot. Like not like a producer, like a hip-hop producer, but his production, his output is high. And Eminem obviously respects that. Yeah. He's probably done the – he's done the – he's been the most successful member of D12 after D12 ended probably, right? I mean obviously aside from him. But. Probably because of Eminem. Like if Eminem picked Caniva, I'm sure it would – it would be him, right? Yeah, definitely helped. You know, yeah, I, I, I think like I'm most press, most impressed by Bizarre, really. And that's the first time that sentence has ever been said by anyone. But <laughs> Bill Cosby, yeah. did you hear Bill Cosby <laughs> song? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, it rings a bell. I haven't listened to that in years, but it's about Bill. Cosby. My point is, I'm not impressed by. Bizarre in general, but like the fact that he was still managed to be pretty successful despite not having help from Eminem, whereas Swifty and Conniver just kind of, you know, went back to, you know, like I don't want to say obscurity, but uh, they're just basically yeah. dads that put out music every now and then. Yeah, <laughs> and Proof yeah. got shot. Yeah, that 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 hurt his recording sessions a lot. Yeah, you think? Yeah. I mean, it's been. Is there more to say on this? Or it's we, been about sixteen years since Proof's been in the recording studio, right? Has it been sixteen? I feel like it's been less. Less? Maybe fifteen, fourteen? Right, but... No, no, no. It's got to be. It was... I think it was like two thousand six. Definitely two thousand six. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that is insane. All right. Rest in peace. Step Dad. Step Dad, the intro. <laughs> yeah, the intro, specifically. Best song on the album. Yeah. <laughs> when it came on, I remember thinking like, okay, I know this next track is probably going to be something exciting or thrilling. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, I know it's 10, 10 seconds or something. Um. I don't. It ended before I'd had a thought on it, really. You know. Yeah, I don't know if my I... mind works yeah. that quickly. <laughs> you have to teach me your ways. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I probably was like literally have thought at the very end of it. I was like, "Ooh, this might be exciting," and then then like the beat kicked in for Stepdad. Which would you? Speaking of that, what do you guys think of Stepdad? Not as good as the intro, of course, but um, but yes, yeah, I, I really like yeah. it. It's another one of those songs that grew on me. Like I wasn't huge on it at first, um, but again, like, storytelling just really shines here. Um, actually, from a musical perspective, is that I love what he does on a third verse musically. You know, it starts off with like that more su- subdued beat, and then it builds up to that crescendo where is he's basically rapping over the chorus. I think that's really cool musically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you going to say, John? What were you going to say, Josh? Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. Then other, than, other than that, it's just like I said, the storytelling is great. Um, but, oh, yeah. And the thing, too, I really like is with... Uh, I love how the chorus is basically done like it's from the perspective of him as a kid. Like, you know, the way it's just him belting out, I hate my stepdad. Like... It, yeah. it feels like he designed that as if it was, you know, the kid, the kid him saying it. 
That's interesting. And yeah, I never thought of yeah. that. That's the point. Um, well, and he also does it in the verse as well. Like you know when he says, uh, you know, fuck you, punk. Like he says it like a kid, you know, kid. Oh him. yeah, fuck you, punk. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that's intentional, and I, I, again, it's a little subtle thing that uh, I really loved, and it's really, you know, what I really respect artistically as well. This is really clever. Like the whole song's done from the perspective of him as a young kid. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Though that's yeah. what elevates it for me because he's not just telling you, "Oh, I'm a kid" and all this, but like the the way he, you know, essentially uses voice acting to portray that. Like, that's what I liked so much. And he was very crude with some of his lines, too. Yeah. Which is what a kid would do. So that's yeah. what I mean about him always excelling conceptually. Yeah. He always yeah. nails things like that. I agree. This was actually the... After Leaving Heaven, my first listen through, this was like the third song that really captured my attention. I think part of it, because not only conceptually is this song really creative and cool, unique for him, but also the him tackling the subject matter i think is also unique i mean he's mentioned his stepdad before in like offhand lines or whatever but it's he's never made an entire song about it and it's like another glimpse into his life that we didn't know but he just is opening up here and i think it's really cool i mean obviously some of it probably is some of it might be hyperbole but i mean parts i mean i'm i'm not saying he his dad didn't stepdad didn't abuse him but i think probably some of it he changed certain details at the song but i think it really works and yeah that third verse i think is amazing storytelling super cinematic and just i think some of his best storytelling and i don't think this song overall is getting as much appreciation as it ought to probably largely due to the beat and the hook which people find very grating yeah that's definitely uh, what i was going to say about why people don't like it as much because you know, the hook, I appreciate it from that artistic perspective because it's like, you know, it's like Kid Him just belting it up. But it definitely is not the best musically, like not the best hook on the album or anything. But yeah, I, I respect yeah, the hook. Yeah, it makes me um, like I wonder because he didn't really talk about his stepdad in his earlier years. Um, yeah, like Caden really said, he would always do passing references, but it really started on Insane on Relapse. Yeah, I was thinking of that. <laughs> the very extreme, yeah, from zero to 100. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have a stepdad, and this is what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it really. He did mention him because I just went through his prime album, his old album, but he does mention him, I think, once or twice, if I'm not mistaken. It was but it, references so in passing. But yeah, it's just like totally in passing, nothing like, here's my stepdad who does this to me. It wasn't until insane. Yeah. What old songs did he mention him in? That dude, honestly, like I feel like I'll be hard pressed to find it now, but I think I remember mentioning it once. Like I can imagine. I, I think I remember. Go ahead. Oh, I think he mentioned it on '97 Bonnie and Clyde. Think, I think. I, I, well, I remember. Well, I'm remembering. It's just like he meant him mentioning, like you know, always moving to different places. Um, I remember, like just always having to deal with a new man being there. I remember him saying something about that. Yeah, dude, I can't remember. It's not 97 Bonnie and Clyde. Scratch that. It was something else. He does mention it very offhand, though. Yeah, like Josh said about like his mom finding a new man. 
I could imagine it'd be on one of those songs, like Bad Influence, like one of those songs that are isn't on an album. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember a line about him, like, always having to deal with, like, mom having a new ga- guy every week, like, something like that. Which makes me wonder, like, how long he actually had his stepdad, like, the one he obviously hated so bad to reference in all these songs, like, I wonder how long he was around for. Or if it was, like, a collection of, role, you know, quote-unquote role models in his life. I think that's pretty much everything for the stepdad, though, right? Should we move on yeah, to so. yeah, everyone's favorite Marsh? Yeah. Marsh. Yeah, what do we think of Marsh? It's probably the, the m- most fun song on the album to me. Like, even the beat reminds mm-hmm. me of, like, classic Slim Shady. Yeah. Like, yeah. the tone of it. Yeah. It's, to- it's tone's quite conflicting, though. Like, parts of it are joking, and then he kind of goes into, like, a serious thing about just, he doesn't cut the beat till he destroys it, and then. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of all over the place for me. I'm, I'm not yeah. I'm not huge on it. Yeah, it doesn't really have much. I don't know if this is the right phrase, but staying power. Yeah, for definitely. Me, like feels filler. Parts, yeah, that's what it is. I think there's bars on here that are okay, kind of interesting, or maybe even that part where I don't know. Is it in the second verse where he's like heard a voice, kill him, sees da 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 da, and he does that that flow. Um, but. I don't know, just overall, like, even, like, as I'm listening to it, and this has not changed for me, even as I played it a few times, it just, overall, just doesn't doesn't pull me in, or it just feels, like you said, filler. Yeah. It feels to I me, res- like, like I, I see your points there, and they're valid, and I think correct, you know, but it, it feels kind of sandbox to me where he can basically it's one of those songs where he can just kind of have fun and say anything and do whatever he wants on it. And I I like I like when he does that kind of thing. What the yeah. issue is, the issue is, is on an on the album rather than like a bonus track or something, because I think if it was just a bonus track, like, for example, I think if uh, I was going to say like ba- baby, baby's not the best example, like Wicked Ways. Uh, I feel if that was on the main album that I wouldn't like that much, but because it's just a bonus track where he's fucking around on it, I like the track. I feel like Marsh is the same case. Where if it was a bonus track, just there for the fuck of it, like I'd enjoy it. But because it's part of the main album, it just feels filler. Okay. Yeah. I I I, I do agree. It probably would work better as a bonus track. Um, but I do I do like the song though. I do respect it because, again, it's another one of those tracks where he's like being experimental. And I always respect when an artist does something new, and Eminem is constantly doing that. So I respect it in that sense because we've never heard a song from him like this. Um, and there's, like I said, there's a lot of fun parts on there as well. Um, but I know, it, just, it just doesn't gel for me overall. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a Martian now, whereas on Recovery, he was Fire Marshal. Huh. Yeah. So it could have been a song all about him being a firefighter. <laughs> uh, you cut up there. It could be a song all about him being a firefighter, but we got extraterrestrial <laughs> instead. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Now that you say that, I would not want him to make a song about him being a firefighter. <laughs> I just feel like <laughs> there's so many bars that he spit, and now just like this song among others, where it's like. I don't. I don't think this is territory he needs to explore. He's, <laughs> he's already said enough. 
I see he'll dedicate an entire verse to a metaphor about a hose being a stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's probably done it, just hasn't released it. <laughs> yeah. Like showed it to Bazaar and Bazaar's there, like, oh yeah, man. It's dope. It's the best thing yeah. I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so we all kind of feel similar about it, I guess. I think yeah. John like John, you like it overall, don't you? I think I like it most. But I think we can all agree it's just one of those fuck around songs. Yeah, yeah, but you like it the most out of us. Yeah, it's objectively amazing. So <laughs> it's not like Nut Up as well. I think uh, you know, like Nut Up is a fun track because it leaked. But I think if it was actually on Relapse, it'd be like the notable weak link. You know, was Nut Up that song that everyone wanted for years, and then it came out and no one cared? Yeah, basically, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm on about, yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking yeah. of ob- objectively good, what about Never Love Again? That's about his pills, right? It's about hip-hop, bro. Is it? No. <laughs> no. It's the pill one. I say it's just, yeah, it's about his pills. Oh, that's yeah. Okay, I see what you did there. <laughs> well, yeah. When I was listening to it, like for some reason, my mind wasn't connecting the fact that he poured his pills in the toilet at the end. It, my mind didn't connect that at all. So I was like, oh, I wonder if it's one of those uh, metaphor songs again. It's funny. I actually thought the same thing. I wasn't thinking like, oh, I wasn't exactly looking for a deeper metaphor. But the first time I heard it. Like when it got to the end and he poured his the pills out, I didn't exactly connect. I still thought it was probably about some woman. I almost actually thought it was about Kim at first, but because it seemed like it was like reminiscing on an old love, which yeah. ultimately is what the song is. But it's it ends up it's clear once you realize that it's pills. But it reminded me also that end when he's flushing it reminds me of Honor a bit. I think also just because I was had Kim in mind when he's doing that, so it made me think of puke a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he he references toilets a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good point. Called Marsh, he references. He thinks his toilet is talking. Yeah, it's a uh, that's weird. Yeah, I think there was an explosion. Godzilla, he says it's toilet bowl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're onto something here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Dude, yeah. I really liked his sing-songy hook. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Never Love Again is one of my favorites on the album. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, yeah, I love the, the, the chorus. That's, that's one thing about yeah. this album as well, which I feel doesn't get enough credit, is uh, he's finally you know doing all his own hooks again. I mean, I guess we saw that on Kamikaze, but you know, he's, he's really took in that advice of you know do your own choruses and yeah. it really pays off because the chorus is so good here yeah yeah that's definitely an understated um achievement of this album a lot of the hooks are really good in it i think a lot of it is because he's doing it himself and he's having fun with it again yeah. um just being himself yeah, yeah. I, I like this song too it grew on me first time i heard it it was just like uh another relationship track but this was one of the few. Actually, I'd say only this and In Too Deep have grown on me. And now, if I listen to them or they come, I appreciate them and I 
that would actually I've gone out of my way to actually listen to this song and In Too Deep. So I do like them. I think I also the beat as well. Hmm. Yeah, the beat's cool too. I think of all the songs, um, this is probably the one and farewell uh, that we'll get to soon. Um, these are the two that really haven't clicked for me yet. Like I could do, yeah. I could do without him. I mean, we've heard about his pills for so long now, and we've I heard him, them. we've heard him compare things to relationships and love and women for so long now. He he does that with everything, it seems. It's definitely the yeah. weak link of it. I feel the the concept and approach to it is definitely unoriginal. You know, he's done it before already. Yeah. I, I love it musically and pretty much every other way I love it. So it balances out for me. Well, that's cool that um, that's just what's great about music is like it, it doesn't do much for me, but it, it really does for you. And, you know, you could it's really cool that you can find something in it that that really speaks to you or really grabs your attention and just just makes you happy. Like listening to music, like that's why you do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just think it slaps, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that too. <laughs> Shall we move on? Yeah, little engine, little engine. Another one of those tracks that I—I I mean, the first time I listened to it, I just thought, "What the fuck is this?" But yeah. then the more I listened to it, I'm the more I actually fell in love with it, and now I. I actually love this track now. Um, I can understand. It's again, it's one of those tracks I can understand people not liking because it's really out there and questionable. But uh, I know, it's just again, it's one of those tracks I, I love because he's clearly just having fun with it and experimenting, and it sounds like nothing else he's ever done before. It's, it's a fun track, I think. It's very manic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that part where uh, he's like reenacting what it sounds like in his brain. That part's amazing. Oh, yeah. He's shouting stop, random stop, words. Stop throwing. Stop yelling. Yeah. I'm not yelling. You're yelling. <laughs> yeah. Also, I, that bridge uh, is. Have... Oh, the that bridge, bridge is, is really fun as well. With the you know Doctor Dre and then all that psycho psycho killer, like all that. It's, yeah. it's just a fun track, you know. Yeah, I love it. That yeah, that's um. Yeah, well, I think that's verse three technically, but yeah, that's uh. Dude, I really, I have mainly positive things to say about this song. It's like, it's such a crazy track, but it's, I mean, it's, it's, what should I say? It's crazy and hilarious, but obviously super dark. Like it does feel like, obviously, if someone's new to Eminem and they just hear this, particularly if they're like more of the sensitive type, like, I don't know how they'd respond to this. But if you've like, if someone's grown up on him and enjoyed all of his stuff, then I think they'll hear this and really have an appreciation for it. It's really cool. He's just having fun and it's wild. Like John said, it's manic, but I think it works here. Oh, it definitely works. I mean, I, I, I bet you he got the beat in whatever form he, he got it. And he was like, wow, this, this is crazy. It's produced by Dre, right? I think that's what it says. Yeah. even did that Dre ad lib, didn't it? Yeah. Great. Um, and just the beat just allowed him to do whatever, like be as manic as he was on it. And um, I don't know. I like the song too. It's a, 
it's a good lead-in to my favorite song on the album, which is next. Say one more thing, oh. actually, about Little Engine before. Yeah, I, I hate yeah, to break yeah. your perfect transition, but uh, that was pretty perfect. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But what I like about Little Engine too is it really plays to that one of Eminem's strengths, like the strengths of his music, is that you know embodies that idea of you know show don't tell in creative products. Because uh, you know he doesn't just tell you like a lot of these rappers they'll tell you they're, they t- they'll tell you they're crazy but then they'll just be over some generic you know beat and drums but yeah. with all of his songs his songs always reflect the craziness as well so it's not you know so like he always has these sound effects going off and make, you know with his you know making sound effects with his voice and everything and in this case the the beat is just crazy you know so it it really reflects it rather than just telling you that it's that which a lot of rappers do. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah, that is a yeah. good point. It's a, it, it's a it's a perfect example of show don't tell. How are you holding up there, Josh? It's like five o'clock now, isn't it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing I'm not doing too bad actually. I'm I'm uh, I'm quite nocturnal anyway, so it's it's uh, I'm I'm managing. Nice. <laughs> so lock it up. This is your favorite song on the album, John. Yeah, it just feels so smooth. Like it feels it just feels like a good song. Like you put it on and just Anderson Pac just comes on and makes it feel so cool. And it's yeah, it's yeah. I think it's my favorite song to play in the car too, just because of that bass line. Um and Eminem just he raps so smoothly over it, over that beat. Yeah, that really yeah, just smooth really sums up the track in yeah. in a nutshell. Smooth and cool. Yeah, yeah, and slick. I think like someone online said, this was the collab we didn't know we wanted. Anderson <laughs> Park and Eminem, definitely an unexpected, great collab. Yeah. I remember they had that collab actually. Remember they they did a song together for that film, Bodied, but it never came out. Oh, yeah. Did they yeah. really? Yeah, you, there's actually a seven-second s- snippet of it you can find online. I never heard the snippet, but I remember hearing about that track. It seemed like another one of those like songs, like "Remind Me," "Heat," and stuff. Like the lyric, like the little snippet was just like that. But um, yeah, oh, so okay. I'm I'm not surprised it didn't come out. But, but anyway, yeah, lock it up. Uh, I yeah, think this was another one. What are you gonna say? Yeah, go on. So this was another one. I think this was. I think another strength of this song is, and I'm not sure if it's the delivery or what specifically it is. Maybe it is the delivery or just the way the puns are woven into his lyrics. I remember I pointed this out to you, Josh, or I mentioned it like when he says, what I give a fuck about backstabbing Trader Joe. Yeah. Yeah. And like that was like so cleverly disguised. Like it took me like multiple listens to find that out. And then even like the other one, which I found out recently with, um, I mean, obviously, when he says he says, "Give me the cue," like I'm schoolboy. Yeah. I guess I I put it together, but it didn't really click for me until like later, where I was like, "Oh, he's playing off of cue and cue." But I don't know. It just felt like the the wordplay on here. I mean, obviously, his wordplay has been insane for a little while now, but it just it felt very subtle and textured. It just it worked really well here, I thought, and I think that goes along with like John said, this track overall is just smooth. You know, nothing really stands out in an obnoxious way. And I don't know, I guess it's just a combination of a lot of things work all together here. 
Yeah, he doesn't stop the beat for anything. He just goes with it. And we're building off that Trader Joe line. I didn't even pick that up until, I don't know, multiple listens later. And I just heard him rapping, you know, metaphorically about, like, grocery store chains. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He, he mentioned Kroger. Uh, and then he rhymed Kroger with Trader Joe-fer, you know, and it's just so clever. And I think that's a big reason why we all continue to listen to him in 2020. Actually, the opposite for me, because I, uh, I first heard it as that Trader Joe, uh, you know, referring to Budden, and I didn't actually pick up the Trader Joe link until later. Oh, is, I think that's do you guys have those over there? Oh, we, I don't think we do. I Not that I know of. Um, yeah, no, but one. then I, I heard about it on, online, you know, that, that, the yeah. meaning behind it. And I realized, oh, okay. That's, yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean, the grocery thing was in the context of he's talking about how he's not broke anymore. So he doesn't have to try and scrape up change and save every penny. But yeah, that, yeah, it just, it did feel like, okay, he's just thrown out another grocery chain, which would have just been like an offhand bar that would have been common for a lot of his recent music, but then it has that heavy meaning that most people, I mean, unless they follow Eminem and his, unless people are really keyed into Eminem, they're not going to understand what that's about. <laughs> like followed along with the whole like Joe Budden thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're speaking to our audience and, you know, as if they know everything we know, which if if you don't know, they they need to they need to catch up. Yeah, they need to, but but not mustard. <laughs> Which you can also find in Kroger's and Trader Joe's. Hey, <laughs> tie it up. That's our sponsor for the podcast. <laughs> Should we move on? Yeah, that's all. That's all this to say. Farewell. That's actually, um, I can't think about what that song is. Like, it's kind of forgettable, I guess. I would have lost myself. Oh, cool. Brings a tear to my eye, man. Is Farewell one of your favorites? Who? Josh. Josh, maybe, yeah. Um... It's just yeah, it's kind of just there for me. Like, okay. uh, I honestly, there's another one of those tracks actually that did grow on me. At first, it was one of my least favorites on the album, next to Marsh. Um, but I've actually grown to really appreciate it. What I really like is he's doing that thing again that I feel is not as prominent in his current music compared to his old music, where he's uh, always doing melodies a lot. You know, like he'll yeah. keep you. He won't just rap the line; he'll have like a melodic slant to it. That's what really stands out to me most about this track. And also his flow yeah. as well. His flow in the second verse is crazy. Oh, wait, are you copying box now? <laughs> I had, <laughs> I did think of that, but I I had that yeah, thought he too. Said his second verse. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny. I guess like yeah, his flow's good there. Sure, maybe his flow's good through most of the song, but overall as a song, it does kind of uh, to me it, it's filler. Yeah. It's just, it is another relationship track. It's not anything creative. Like if you want to talk about never love again, like he's talking about the pills or even in too deep is kind of a unique approach to relationships for him, especially talking about the whole idea of like 
um, like when you're both cheating on someone and then that special someone that you have that connection with. So I think in too deep is you, even those kind of nights is, has some sort of clever things going on there. So I would say actually out of the four relationship themed tracks, this is definitely the weakest in my opinion, from a conceptual lyrical standpoint. And that brings it down for me quite a bit. Probably my least favorite song on the album. I, uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's still it's still one of the weaker ones to me. Like it's improved for me, and I appreciate. Uh, like I, I enjoy singing along to it because of the melodic aspect and everything. But yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, again it's another one of those tracks. I feel it'd be good as a bonus track, but as a main album inclusion, it just if it, it's just kind of sticks out as a filler kind of track, as you say. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. So it could have been on the bonus John. disc. It could have been on the bonus disc with Marsh. Yeah, Marsh and Matt should have. Your thoughts, Nick John? Um, I can hear the hook now that Caden did his lovely rendition of it, but <laughs> I can't, for the life of me, think of the verses. Like I always just start thinking about like the verses of No Regrets. The love, you know that whole thing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no. Still in love. Um, yeah, the chick that there's a million of. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's a relationship is all that is cracked up to be never lackluster and that because we act nuts because that's what attracts us. Jeez. You you're you're looking through genius, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I've had genius as a side tab. Yeah, no way in how I remember so Yeah. I mean I guess it's a good song to vibe to, but not like really pay attention to. Um, which is exactly what I've done with it since since it's came out. Um, yeah. You know, when you sit there and just press play at the beginning of the album and just let it play through, like just another one of those songs that you don't really think twice about. It's on, and then I guess like towards the end of it, I'm always just kind of thinking to myself, like, all right, we're getting towards the end here, you know? Yeah. I think uh, when... also. What were you gonna say? Hang on. Oh, I I think also in this kind of weird connection but in kamikaze you know when he has towards the end of the album funnily enough he has that annoying track um fire track actually suck my dick (laughs) (laughs) maybe his rapping is good on it but that hook is that hook just stands out in a very grating harsh way farewell fair yeah it's very jarring and farewell literally starts out i mean he starts out with for what it's worth, you were a slut at birth. Like it just, it's just like another example of like, okay, a song starting off very harsh and annoying, and it kind of puts, I don't want to say it puts me off on the rest of it, but it already sets a tone for like a track that's going to be kind of obnoxious and annoying. Yes, exactly. Like when that intro comes on, exactly what you just said. Like I almost want to skip the song before he could say that. Yeah. Yeah. And I find yeah, myself yeah, thinking, like, yeah. ugh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really uh, don't think the song is in good taste. I mean, I want to throw away the whole song, but just, I guess, some of those lyrics. And it just, it is, it's very much filler to me. And part of that could just be, I mean, because it's, he's done this idea to death. And it's just like, well, is he saying anything new here? I don't think he is. And who is he talking about? <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> yeah, it's just, 
I think there's a lot of things wrong here. And that's that's not even talking about his rapping because as we know it's objectively good, right? Especially in the second verse. But it probably it probably is decent actually. Probably if you just like think about melodically, okay, it's decent, but I think there's other parts of this album where he's rapping better and just every other aspect is working stronger, you know, conceptually and even the production. I mean, I guess this almost this no, not almost. It does feel like another yet another one of the revival leftovers, which I feel like the relationship tracks on this album sure felt like to me. That fuck the earth line felt like right off revival. Yeah. Fuck the earth. Yeah. Yeah. I actually like that line, but um, yeah, it's very revival esque. It's funny he says that line in not a doesn't he? Or he says stuck my dick in the. He's made a pun he like that before. Yeah. Stick my di- my dick like... in a circle, but I'm not fucking around. Fucking like he around, says, yeah, on recovery, no, he says like about dirt. Yeah, I know what you're no, on about. I can't think of the lines specifically. Oh, in in cold wind blows. Uh, no, but not afraid. He says, I'm not afraid. Yeah, oh. so he says I think he's like... on both though. I don't know. Yeah, but he's made it a lot. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> not afraid. <laughs> Someone that raps as much as he does, he's bound to reuse lines. Yeah. Definitely. You cut up, but I know what you were saying. Cool. Um. All right. Oh no, that's what. Oh, sorry, I just looked up. Not afraid. Forget the earth. He's got the urge to pull his dick from the dirt and fuck the whole universe. Yeah. Okay, so he's down. Know. He's downgraded from fucking the whole universe to just fucking <laughs> like a telling whole. a girl to fuck, she'd fuck. The Actually, the the girl fucks the earth if it exactly. had a dick. So he's still fucking the universe, but the girl <laughs> is just fucking. <laughs> If, if anyone ever asks what is Eminem about, just tell them that it's about him <laughs> fucking the universe and the girls. Just he's just such a classy guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's we, a theme. So we're gonna move on, or yeah. No regrets. Featuring Don Tolliver. Da got that dope. <laughs> Goat. Yeah. Uh, I love this track. Fuck you, gone you learn in that. It. It's just, it's just. I love hearing Eminem with soul infused beats. I like I said. I hope he continues this sound, uh, moving forward. Because yeah. this, uh, yeah, I like it. Really. I also love the introspective lyrics as well. That's yeah, what sums up like his whole career. But yeah, I yeah, um... I thought that those were. Sorry. Were you no, there? you're you're good. You, you go first. Oh, thanks. Um, no, I was going to say that uh, I think, yeah, you make a good point. I think about the soul thing. It it was refreshing to one, see Eminem be calmer here. I remember Fantano thought yeah, this was like a snooze fest. But I actually disagree. I thought actually him being calm and very mellow, actually, like mellower than most of the album or even a lot of his career was actually refreshing to see. I, I enjoyed that combined with the fact, combined with the introspective lyrics. I mean, Point, yeah. like it's more subtle. Even the way he's wording it, um, I think he's talking in metaphors, especially that part where he's talking about like not responding to people. It wouldn't be worth it. It's like yeah. stomping on cars, all that stuff. Point, I actually yeah. really liked that. I thought it was cool. It felt different for him, not just musically, this song, but also just his approach to it from a conceptual level. Yeah. I feel like it's it's a more interesting version, uh, more interesting, but like uh, a more novel approach to the topic he covered on Premonition. Because Premonition was essentially, again, just, you know, just lashing out. But then with this, he 
process that same exact thing, but from a more uh, thought out way, dare I say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like introspective, like private yeah. thoughts. Yeah. And before you know, like someone having... thinks that. What? I was just going to say, like, you know, that, that line about him taking back the the Tyler, the creator, this and everything, like, just that really kind of bodies the song, really. Just looking at things on a more nuanced level than just, oh, you don't like me, fuck you. Yeah. You know? I liked it. That's him yeah. growing up right there in front of our eyes. Yeah. That's what I was going to say was in before someone views this album as like a concept of him growing up. Just because like in the beginning, he opens it with like this rash, volatile, like spewing of emotion at people that don't like him. And then he's still t- he's talking about his stepdad. But by the end, he's like grown up and matured. I don't know. I feel like someone could like get crazy with that conspiracy. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll be the ones to do it or I'll be the one. I really, I really like the song. I really like um, listening to the chorus. Like, I really like what Don Tolliver brought to the album or to the song. I see people criticize that chorus a lot, and I don't get it. I think it's great. Um, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I think it's really great. Um, one one criticism I do have is if you really just listen to the verses, like instead of just being straight up introspective, like he does have that dumb wordplay thing still um yeah in the first and second verse he mentions it in the second verse being dumb but in the first verse he says something like i sit on the ledge to shit on your heads like he talks about doing that and then like in the second (laughs) verse he says like uh i might take a dump and then you know talk about doing dumb shit (laughs) like (laughs) like i just i wish he didn't include that (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. funny because that those parts don't they don't like bother me that much as much as they bother you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess think maybe... it's lack of restraint. It's that lack of restraint. You yeah, know? he always wants to go in like multiple things. You know, he never wants to just. Like, that's why I think dark. That's why darkness surprised me so much because he actually stuck with that serious tone the whole way through. You know. Yeah, or even like off of. I guess going off a little bit off of what John's saying, um, to me, I don't know why this popped in my head. Be one of the last times I listened to it, but definitely like towards the end of No Regrets, when he's that second verse when he talked about like, or Godzilla squashing a crouton with combat boots on, like, oh yeah, <laughs> that was just a pure example to me, unfortunately, of him just um, having a rhyme scheme for the sake of it. You know, like instead of having the content fit the what is it like more back i guess like back in his older days he used to have where his rhyme scheme would it was like he just he was telling a story that just happened to rhyme whereas here especially like in more modern eminem sometimes it feels like he's just saying something to have the words rhyme and i feel like that line right there is kind of an egregious example although i do still like that verse yeah, I remember he did that on headlights as well. He kept trying to get work in this clumsy metaphor about chemical warfare and everything. And I get it was a metaphor for his relationship with his mum, but it it just he kept trying to like you know it, I felt out of place to me. You know, I'd rather he just t- tackle it head on yeah. in this instance. Yeah, like imagine in cleaning out my closet instead of just going straight at what he's talking about, he takes a detour and talks about fast food chains. 
That's what some. That's why I got that idea actually from someone on TR Shady had said that I, I forget who it was, but they basically said that that's actually one of the distinguishing factors between like modern Eminem and old Eminem. Although he has gotten better with it, I think recently. But this idea that yeah, back in the old days, it seemed like he was just telling you something or he was saying something, and the words just happened to rhyme. But nowadays, it feels like not all the time, but sometimes it just feels like he's just saying words for the sake of rhyming them yeah i mean I, he has gotten better but i think probably especially around mid 2010s maybe like i don't know dare i say shady xv around that Wait, time period you better not i think there was a lot of him just rhyming for the sake of let me string a bunch of cool rhyming words together yeah i think prime example is uh the song he did with big sean yeah that oh, was yeah, definitely no, the worst offender yeah no favors I even I forget a lot of that song. I think he mentioned Trump on right? Trump's a bitch, specifically, yeah. eloquently put. Yeah, I think he like it was like a strong ad lib, right? Trump's yeah. a bitch or something. Yeah, yeah, he like he like stopped that. the song to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes he goes too far with that stuff, or like when like the beat yeah. drops. I think we were talking about that earlier this <laughs> evening, right? Sometimes when he would just drop the beat, just as like yell out a punchline but he's gotten better with that in the yeah. last couple of albums you can really see that improve yeah kamikaze and music community murder by generally are way more focused he still slips into that like you know, with no regrets like he slips into it like once or twice but it doesn't take up as much anymore you know so he's definitely working on it you can tell yeah yeah it, it it's still noticeable it's still there but we can definitely appreciate his progression yeah, yeah. Is there anything else more on this track? Would you say, I not not that I'm thinking of. I'm I'm good. That sums up pretty well. I will. What do we think of? I will. Amazing. You what? You cut up. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. I love this hook. Classic. Yeah, it's just you know it's been said to death, but it really is classic. You know, classic Eminem. It, it sounds like something he's doing this prime. Yeah. All yeah. the verses are pretty good too. I mean, Slaughterhouse is solid. I think I used to just be like eh on them, but I mean they're they they're I guess respectable in their own right. You could say they're decent. Like how petty he was by including all of Slaughterhouse except for Joe Burden. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about the track. Do you think that was deliberate? I, I don't know if that he did it. Deli- I, I think he, he did it because he wasn't friends with Budden, but he still wanted the slaughterhouse track. So I don't think the whole point was "fuck Joe Budden, but I'm gonna do this." But um, uh, it's just a, an amusing thought, I guess. Yeah, yeah. My knee-jerk reaction is to say that it wasn't deliberate. I think <laughs> he respects the hell out of slaughterhouse. He yeah. said that in interviews. Obviously, maybe not Joe anymore, but. Um, but maybe they'll patch things up. Who knows? But anyway, I think I think it wasn't deliberate. I think he just wanted Slaughterhouse members on there, and obviously Joe and him aren't on good terms right now. I was salty about was that he didn't have Yellow Wolf on there because you know it could have been like a shady 2.0 farewell thing. Um, yeah. But so yeah, that's what I'm salty about as a Yellow Wolf fan. Because he figured that inbred Hicks should stay home. <laughs> 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 um. 
I don't know. Maybe that had to do with uh, Royce and Yellow Wolf's thing going on right now. Oh yeah, I, I, I think about that. about that. I I theorized that uh, you know the song was done before then, but um, I, I know, but I don't. Yeah, so I don't think that's a factor. But so, I don't know. Yeah, but um, I think um, the way Eminem uh, comes into his verse is some of my favorite lyrics by him to date. Yeah. Uh, the now, part about this will probably be the most illest shit I ever. Yeah, the most illest shit I ever said. God bless the dead and let Biggie possess possess the pencil lead. Like that's just so cool to me. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. There's a few times on this album he just comes in perfectly. Like never love again. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like he he comes in really great on a lot of tracks. Yeah, yeah he, he's, honestly, I love the way he comes in, but. That lyric, actually, the first time I heard it, I kind of opened my eyes because I was like, okay, obviously this probably won't be maybe the illest shit you've ever said, but it's like, why yeah. are you saying that? But then but then, uh, some time passed and I realized, okay, that's kind of just like a general rap thing to say anyway, you know, yeah. like, just to be like, look at me, I'm the best. So it doesn't bother me. I anymore. remember the first time I, I listened to that. He, he set up that like, oh, this is going to be the illest shit I've ever said. Yeah. I like, oh, God, I, like, I can't okay. wait for this. And yeah. he said that. I was like, oh. Okay, yeah, that's true. I never I thought about it like that. Like, like, I never went into the verse thinking he set out to write the illest shit he's ever said. It's uh, I, that is just a, a rapper thing, definitely. Yeah, true. Yeah, his flow on, especially as it goes on, in my opinion, it gets like really insane in like a cool way. I mean, he does that thing. What is it? The uh, this. Sun's in my eyes, that thing where he's like, Oh, yeah. The, I love his voice in that section. Young in the mind, time to start throwing some yeah. <laughs> the line, He goes on that thing. <laughs> and then, even then, after that, like, I remember people were kind of going nuts on Reddit. That whole thing where he's like cramming a lot in there, but it's actually pretty crazy. I mean, in a good way. It's like born a Seneca more to men and then an orphan is blah, oh, yeah. blah, blah. Remind me of Baby. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Reminds me of Baby. And that whole, like, at the end, so Lord, forgive me, I'm hearing voices. I can't ignore them anymore. They're winning. I love, yeah, I, I really do like first. And yeah, overall, just amazing track, I think. I agree. Yeah. Makes me want to go listen to so, it after we wrap up here. <laughs> so Joel teases really smooth transition from Crooked Verse, talking about fucking, what was it, some a fish called Wanda well, or something? I just, fuck, I just finished fucking a fish yeah <laughs> that's like bizarre <laughs> like that's a bizarre <laughs> lyric <laughs> like if bizarre could rap that's what a bizarre verse would sound like <laughs> because you know, man, is joel or it's the new bizarre <laughs> God. kind of you the cross of a unicorn and a unicorn <laughs> Oh man. Like that just reminds me like like I think Joel Ortiz is obviously the weakest pun intended the weakest link of the song. Um hey. like that whole uh, cross between whatever and a unibomber that just it reminds me of um OBX when he says I drop bombs like Hiroshima. Just the fact oh, that it's been yeah. done so many times. Yeah. Yeah. I drop bombs like Hiroshima. Yeah, drop bombs like you get down like syndrome. 
Pero bueno. And then, anything else you want to say about I will before we wrap up? I'm good with moving on. I think we all actually feel positive it's just, you know, it's about just, it. It's one of those songs that's just really good, so it's not much to pack other than that. You know, it's good. Yeah, it just really works. Good. I want. I wanted to say that it sounds like a better version of um, our house. Yeah, I see. Yeah, uh, I was actually had a similar thought. Yeah. Yeah, probably because I got Alex the kid out of there. <laughs> yeah, and all that, you know, Skylar belting and... Uh, Loudest yeah. course of all time. <laughs> yeah, I think they were just trying Tonight to instrument. Yeah, but what do we think of the outro, Alfred? Alfred. Song on the album. It's funny. Again. Yeah, I, I love it. I think it's funny. Yeah, it's it's nice like, sorry, sorry you haven't been murdered. <laughs> yeah. It does make me wish he had done more with the theme. I remember in our in that other chat, Pug asked me about kind of, I guess, my least favorite things about the album, or somehow we were talking about that, and that was like on my first week or two of listening to it. That was like the other thing was, I think it's cool, the Hitchcock theme, but I just feel like there was a lot of potential there that he could have explored with it, perhaps even making for a more cohesive album throughout. It just felt like he had those interludes in there I, I don't I don't dislike them though. I mean I enjoyed them. I just think they could love, have done more with it. Yeah. I love absolutely love the interludes on their own, but they I, I agree with you, they don't really tie into the album in any way. Uh, that's yeah. the issue with them. Yeah, they don't stand out in a bad way, they just don't really add anything grand or special. If if he did but, hone but at in, least they don't stand out in a bad way. Yeah. If he did hone in on the concept, I bet you you know it would have been a much more focused like what relapse was trying to be yeah dude that's why like, well, i guess now that i guess well um now that we're done with talking about the album i guess we could speak generally but that's like that reminds me of when we were talking about um when the album first dropped i remember i said oh the cover reminds me of relapse and josh was like oh no no it's not like relapse <laughs> yeah like I thought he was going in that direction again. I'm serious. But... Like the cover and the hit interlude really pointed to that. Like if he was to ever do a relapse to, I it, it, the Alfred skits would be perfect. You know, oh, yeah, I kind of wish he saved it for someone like that. Yeah, and maybe like made some Hitchcock movie references along the way. That would have been cool. So what do we now that we're done with? the track list or somehow we made it what do we think about i guess we've kind of talked about it but overall as an album we we, we like it right yeah great yeah i think it's a great showcase of our example of what eminem can do in 2020 i mean i think he could probably even do better but it's just this was a great example of like modern eminem but it had that kind of like the vibe and greatness of his older albums yeah he felt really felt confident on it, you know. Like the issue with revival was he he didn't feel fully sure of himself, and that this was really hitting. But here, like he just, you you could tell he just felt that this was a good project, you know. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the impression I get. It's all confidence in it. Yeah, and I wonder where that stemmed from. Like, I wonder how did that is that just because like someone on Reddit even said he seems more in touch with the world 
in the past two years and like the decade before it. Like he, as far as like you said, even Josh, like he's on the, uh, he's on the pulse of modern hip hop. And it does yeah. feel like he's doing all these collabs with people that are actually hot and trending right now, rightfully so. And it just feels like he's more in the now, more, what is it, more in the know, right? But, and in the now, instead of like being, like I said, cloistered <laughs> up in his mansion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the album. I, I like it. It's it's obviously a a better, I think, album than Kamikaze, as I think Kamikami was more of a reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a more like, you know, I, I don't know. Like, do you think he added the Alfred Hitchcock stuff just to tie everything together? I never thought about that. Maybe, yeah. Um, because without really, it, yeah. it just sounds like another collection. Yeah, it maybe that's like yeah, you might be onto yeah. Though. Actually, yeah, that's a great point. Somehow, I think it it didn't stand out in a bad way. So it, even if he did do that, I think it worked. It didn't seem like he just did that for the sake of it. At least not to me. Like, but if even if that is indeed his reasoning behind that, then that's kind of funny yeah like you could if in theory you can do it with any movie like or any anything like imagine him doing the same the same kind of like like jurassic park imagery for example you know yeah he could have done t-rex instead of godzilla you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know whatever the reason i really like the alfred hitchcock angle um i liked hearing his voices in the interludes in the intro and outro uh it did set the tone um, I think it's really yeah. cool how the official Alfred Hitchcock Twitter is like oh, yeah. tweeting about Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> Surreal. Obviously, Caden especially appreciates that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I definitely do. Um, I guess my last thought on it, and something I've been thinking about, was definitely, definitely, I think from a t- production level. So basically, musically, I think this is his best album in quite some time. And dare, dare I, dare I say, and maybe this will be a discussion for another podcast, but dare I say, this might be my favorite Eminem album since the Eminem show. Wow. Yeah, I think I, I think I would say that right now. I might agree with that musically. Relapse is really good though in that sense, but I might agree musically. But again, again, like the thing that stops it from fully reaching that higher level for me is that lack of, you know, it doesn't feel important, you know, because of that lack of a cohesive theme tying everything together and the lack of tracks in here that fully have some sort of punch. I feel that that thing just stops it fully reaching that level for me. Like one of the reasons why I love the Marshall Mathers LP too was because while it was a little sketchy musically in parts, every, you know, it really felt like a weighty album and it felt like an important album. Um, and music to be music to be murdered by doesn't so that's that's the that's the main issue I have with this album that just quite stops it from reaching that level. But musically, I I actually might agree with you. So that's that's fair, yeah, definitely, definitely. Are you, John? Yeah, yeah I, I would agree with that. I mean, I think I it's my favorite album since Relapse. I'd say that. And that's even that's actually huge if you think about it, because that's literally over a decade ago. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. That's crazy to think about. Like the it's time between crazy. MMLP and recovery is the same as between recovery and this album. That's surreal to me. 
Yeah, that is insane. That's so weird. Especially because relapse, like I said, when I listen, I think I said this in the chat. If if like listening through Eminem's discography again backwards, even though he's sober for like ninety percent of relapse, relapse still like if you're gonna split up old Eminem, new Eminem, I would split. I would put relapse in old Eminem and recovery as the start of new Eminem. I just think stylistically there was so much of a change and departure with recovery, and he's still kept a lot of that. Um, and his sound is definitely different, but now that's evolving and growing and getting better. But even like that Dre you, production, you know, like yeah. your relapse felt like he got in the studio with Dre and he created relapse under the same circumstances as the originals, whereas recovery felt like him going off and actually no, that's actually what happened because recovery. He, I remember him meeting up with all these new producers and everything. So I think yeah. that's the change that caused it. So for even, yeah, John, even for you to say that this is your favorite Eminem album since Relapse or anyone, because I have seen other people say that too. I think that's huge because that's, it's like basically people saying they think this is the best new Eminem album, which I think is pretty crazy because I think a lot of people would admit he was kind of rocky musically for a while there. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt. Remember with yeah. after Southpaw and Shady Fifteen, I was my main concern with the new album was whether he was actually good musically anymore, um, and and the fact that Revival sucked really, you know, made me concerned. But yeah, he definitely was slipping musically because he became so focused on just rapping well that he forgot to be an artist, and he's yeah. brought that back now with this album. He's he's, and yeah. maybe still, he's, he's still making strides to that point, I think. Yeah, he's not fully there yet. He still, like you said, he still goes off on tangents from some point, and you know that that point about restraint that I mentioned, I think, is something you need to take and can take into consideration moving forward. But he's definitely getting there more and more. Yeah, I know he said he wishes. I know he still said, like in a recent interview, that he wishes he could, like, just he wants to know how to like recapture the Marshall Mathers LP, which is kind of like slightly ashamed to see him say that but at least he's not running with it in the direction of Marshall Mathers LP2. I know maybe you'll disagree with me Josh but I just think from a direction perspective that was a wrong move to take like it felt exciting at the time like as a shall I say Stan it was it was so exciting and cool like oh yeah, yeah just to know, he's, listening, even... he's listening to fans but it just I don't yeah. think it was the right move I mean I just think this album or just like his even Kamikaze in this, it just shows better direction. Like he's not trying to recreate confuses, his old self. What confuses me though is even with the Marshmallows LP2, which was designed as to just, you know, call back to those, even then he was really experimenting. You know, like he never did songs like So Far, Berserk, Rhymal Reason, he, uh, Headlights to some extent, he, uh, Groundhog Day. You know, he's never done songs like those before. So even then he was experimenting. So. You know, I really get this impression that he wants to expand out and try new things, but then he always feels like he needs to have some songs in there, like old Slim, just to, so he doesn't lose those old fans. I think the backlash to Relapse is what, in the back of his mind, is part of that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a complicated issue. He's but afraid yeah, to definitely. fully let go of that. Well, I'm sure we could go on for hours talking about this. But, yeah, I mean, overall... It's a really solid effort from uh, one of our favorite artists in 2020, and uh, you know, definitely appreciate that he's still still creating. Yeah, for sure. Anything else? 
I think that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amen. I think it's crazy. I, I know we talked about this, but it's crazy that to think about um, how he's still the fact that he's still alive and this successful and like still garnering accolades is pretty crazy. Yeah. 10 number one albums in a row. Yeah. And it's like the fact, yeah, just the fact that he's this deep into his career and that he still has this career. is just like, Oh, he's definitely, he's like a walk be the word. I don't know. He's like a walking wonder. Yeah. We'll (laughs) probably never see this kind of artist again. As far as production goes. For sure. I just love how he's still so passionate about it. You know, like if, you know, someone's doing the same thing for 20 plus years, they tend to get really burnt out and just lose passion for it. But he's still, you know, even when it's not hitting the mark, he's still very clearly trying his hardest to put out a great product. And I really respect that. Which is really interesting because he was pretty burnt out around 2005. Yeah, that's a good point. And then he like he, you know, didn't die. And ever since he's been absolutely enthralled in music. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. Like you were saying, you brought up the year two thousand five. I think. Well, if you want to get, I guess, technical the numbers, but you could just look at the uh, his albums, starting with "Music to Be Murdered By." Now, officially, more of his solo career takes place uh, since he's come back and has been sober. Which is crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has six albums post hiatus, five pre. All right, John, you sound tired as fuck. Yeah, I got work in three hours and twenty five minutes. <laughs> oh shit! All right, sorry, I'll let you go. No, it's good. That that was that was fun. It's a great really podcast. Fun. Yeah, thank you guys.